Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. As always, I am your host, Clayton Kiteri. Today's guest is a clairvoyant psychic medium, and she has manifested a following of well over 780,000 people, which is crazy to me. She is into all things spirituality with the mission of humbly changing the world. Conscious Monkeys, welcome to the show, Electra Soul. Electra, thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. I, I got to be honest, whenever I was kind of browsing through mostly your TikTok, I find it very interesting and admirable that you cover such a wide range of topics. Um, I feel like that's something that not a lot of content creators do nowadays. Thank you. I feel like it's super important to just literally put everyone on as much as I can to the spiritual world and everything like whatever, it, you know, wherever it takes me, I'll literally just travel with it. I love it. Just go with the flow, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Always. And so that was interesting, too, because I right when we were in the green room, I was like, OK, so mm -hmm. lecture, is there anything like you're reading or thinking about? And it was interesting because your response was um, you basically asked me, like, how deep are you into spirituality? And mm -hmm. it's interesting because I don't really know how to answer that question. So right. <laughs> what does it in your mind, like how deep is deep into spirituality? Like what what are different levels that you've seen? you know, in talking with people. Okay. So honestly, I think that in terms of like levels of spirituality, there's never, you know, not knowing enough or you knowing too much, but I do believe that there's like, okay, we know about manifesting. Do you know also about the chakra alignments? Do you know about zodiacs? Do you know about, you know, the way that the world energetically works? Like how deep into it are you? Because I feel like, you know, with the ego, there's a lot of different things that we feel are limited. And then there are things that we, you know, if you are truly like in balance with or in, yeah, with balance with yourself, you'd know that there's nothing in this world that you can't, I guess you can say, see a positive light to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So do you feel like that's kind of the basis then of spirituality is this idea of being able to put a, put a light on any situation? Oh, most definitely. I think that it's very important to realize that no matter how negative or whatever the situation might be that there's literally always a way for it to be better i all i genuinely believe that there's never yeah. like a dead road you know like it's just never going to be as bad as you think you know right i mean there's it seems yeah. like that there's always a could always be worse but it's interesting too because i know in people in my life have a very much a worry mentality, right? It's yes. what, if, what if negative, what if negative, what if negative? Mm -hmm. And it's always fascinating to me is like, why don't you just say like, what if positive? Like, what if positive? What if this positive thing happens? Exactly. That's how and I it feel feels it like well. it feels like that's almost a stronger energy too, and almost a more attractive energy than the negativity, because it seems to me that if you come with this place of worry, it almost like pulls you down more or it's 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 harder to manifest bad things in a sense than it is good things. I guess that's how I'd articulate it. 
No, you're right. You're completely right. Because with negativity or, you know, darker, pessimistic stuff, that's part of the ego. And, you know, when we die, we're not egos, we're souls. And soul, you know, us being naturally souls coming to earth, being a soul, we are literally destined to be positive. It's destined to be good for us because we were born as that essence. But we're the ones who overcomplicated a little bit and add the stress and the worries and the what ifs because people think it's easier to suffer than to be happy because then you have something to lose. They think, do you, you think know? It, yeah, just based on the way that you're wording that, do you <laughs> think that people find it easier? Or how did you, how did you word that easier to suffer? Is that what you it's said? It's like, it's yeah, it's like an easy, no one wants to, but it is easier. People think that it's, you know, it's easier to live in misery than to be very happy because then if you're very happy, something can take it away. But if you're miserable, nothing, you can't lose anything, you know? Mm. That's an interesting way to look at it. Because I guess in my mind, it's more that people become in alignment with the frequency of misery, whether it's their upbringing, whether it's their childhood, whether it's their environment, right. whether it's the words that they were told when they were a kid. And right. so they almost become in a line with it. And it becomes this very interesting dynamic of, do I know how to align with something higher, even though it feels uncomfortable? Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. I feel like you just said what I said, but from a different, like, like a different wording or a different perspective in a way, I guess, because it's pretty much the same thing. Like, you know, everyone wants to be aligned. Everyone wants to be good. Everyone wants to be happy. But at the end of the day, you know, if you were raised thinking such negative things or being taught such negative things, it's easier to literally just reside in what you've been taught your entire life instead of breaking the curse, the generational curse and like, you know, becoming embossed and empowered just like you should, you know? Oh, for sure. And yeah, this is definitely. Because looking at it from a perspective of our entire life, is there... Right how did you come into the idea of spirituality? Did you have a parent? Mm -hmm. Was it something that you grew up with or was it something that you found through other means? That was in, like, in terms of spirituality, it was definitely all me because my parents, they're not very spiritual. Well, more now because of me, but it started <laughs> off with my own interest. I started, I first started off with like demonology. I really loved like the paranormal and I was able to see things. I had no idea though, you know, what my gifts were showing me until, you know, as I got older and I realized I was like, oh shit, I was actually seeing spirits. Like I was hearing spirits. Those That wasn't just me. And then from there on out, I dove into astrology at age 12. And then it kind of like, it never stopped. It literally never stopped from there. Wow. So you got into astrology at age 12. So you still were, that's interesting because you were exposed to this at a young age. How the people who I've talked to before who have been exposed to it at a young age have like, it seems like they blocked themselves or like turned it off. But then mm -hmm. in your story, it sounds like you kind of just went through it. How did you, like, how did that kind of manifest itself as, okay, you're seeing things and then you decided to actually investigate them as opposed to saying, I don't want to see this at all. I think I found comfort, natural comfort in it, because ever since I was a child, I always like I always wanted to know about the subconscious, like the hidden stuff. And as I went on, you know, no one around me wanted to. It was like what you said, like they were kind of like, who, who cares? Move on, you know. And I was like the one who was like, but wait, you know, there's more to this. I can feel it. And I would, you know, venture it out to figure it out. But of course, you know, that takes a lot of research. It takes a lot of your own intuition. It's a lot of like 
you have to just trust yourself, you know, especially when you come from a place where no one around you even understands what you're talking about. You have to like you understand it yourself. You have to learn yourself and everything. So oh, for sure. I, yeah, definitely. Well, before we get too far away from it, you mentioned demonology, which I've never heard before. And I can mm -hmm. only assume based on the word that it's the study of demons. Mm -hmm. So I guess walk me through it. I mean, from the first part, like, what do you even define as being a demon? I know there's probably this easy way to just be like, oh, it's a negative, you know, so-and-so, but like, how do you break down even what a demon is in the first place? And how does that kind of transition into the study of demonology? Okay. So in general, the way that I see like demons and things like that, well, with spirits in general, I see it all as a manifestation of energy. Like it's not an actual you know, physical entity or anything, but it is like a body of energy. The way that I see demons is that they are typically like the worst vibrational kind of being out there. Instead of angels who are like the direct opposite, who very light, positive vibes, it's the exact opposite. And the reason that these are deemed worse than like negative spirit in general is because a demonic spirit comes directly from that dark source. With the negative spirit, it's more so like a human spirit that was hurt. And now you're sad in the afterlife, you know, that can, that's something that can be fixed with demons. They're kind of like, they just thrive off, literally thrive off of negativity. And it's just like that for the, the rest, you know, they're not going to try to change just like you wouldn't try to make an angel into a bad angel. They won't change. So with that, with demonology, the way it goes is that basically over time, due to all of the paranormal experiences that people were kind of going through it became it got to a point where it was hard to ignore like you can't ignore the fact that these things are happening this demonic stuff even if you don't believe in it and from there on out people began to you know kind of figure out what was going on it's like i would say more so the work of psychics that kind of like had to intuitively trust what they were seeing and what they were dealing with and you know repetitive signs like knocking three times that's a sign of like uh, demonic activity or waking up with bruises and scratches you know they kind of had to like put that into uh, like record it so that they can teach people what it is but of course demonology is also something that's very like you have to s I wouldn't say you have to see it to believe it but it is harder in the sense that people wouldn't completely understand what in the world is actually you know what demonology truly is because it's not uh, like a set in stone actual you know what i mean like kind of um like area of study so it's something that you really just have to know and trust but i will say that if you are someone who gets into demonology and you do study it it becomes more evident over time that this stuff is truly real you know what i mean it's very yeah intuitive based i i feel oh, i mean even to expand on that i feel like my intuition has led me to a lot of things that I've right. been kind of holding to be true in this realm of spirituality, afterlife, souls, all that stuff. Right. And where mine's, my mind is going with this conversation is kind of the origin of it. Because I, I have a view, mm. like the way that I view the world and is kind of that, you know, we have souls and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but for those who may be their first episode, mm -hmm. um, you know, I've read books by like Michael Newton, Dolores Cannon, where, you know, our soul basically chooses this incarnation. We have a life experience. We take that back up into our soul and rinse and repeat. So in this framework, I mean, first of all, negate that if you see it a different way. 
But then even more so in that framework, how do demons almost, and even angels for that matter. So the way I've always viewed angels was kind of people who had enough life incarnations where they were able to raise their frequency to get to the state or the consciousness or the energetic state of being an angel. So does the opposite happen in order to create a demon where people have lived so many incarnations that they are making decisions based on their ego for their Mm -hmm. self and they take that energy into the afterlife is that Mm -hmm. or help correct me where i'm wrong on what creates a demon before we start the show i must warn you that there are ads throughout this podcast episode if you'd like to get the show ad free you're able to get access by downloading the official traveling to consciousness app it's available in the google play store and ios store I will note that there is a small monthly fee associated to get these episodes ad-free. And this is an important part. Make sure that any purchases you make, you make on the website, travelingtoconsciousness.com, because products are going to be 15 to 30% more expensive through the app because, you know, the big boys got to get their own check. Even though you're purchasing this stuff through the website, you will still be able to enjoy all this content on the app. Now, if you prefer the free route, you can get a free login on the app and that will grant you access to challenges and notifications when new episodes arrive, discounts, exclusive content, and so much more. All of this just by searching Traveling to Consciousness in your phone's app store or click the link below. Conscious Monkeys, I need to tell you about these psychedelic fabric mushrooms that are absolutely incredible that I've just come across. They're all one of a kind and are honestly a perfect trip buddy. They're an incredible addition to anyone's like house or room who takes psychedelics and you have a certain spot that you like to go and relax. You're going to have to check out these Aquarius mushrooms. These high-end mushrooms are made with 100% recycled material and are all one of a kind. Honestly, these mushrooms are something I'm not going to be able to describe in words alone. You're going to need to check out the link below and search to see if you can find one that resonates with your soul. Remember, they're all one of a kind and made from 100% recycled material. Aquarius Mushrooms, premium mushrooms for the new age of enlightenment. Get yours today. And with that being said, Conscious Monkeys, let's get back to the interview. Okay, so... The way, like, when people usually ask me about, oh, how are angels angels and how are demons demons, people sometimes think, oh, so a demon's just a really bad person. In actuality, it's like angels. Angels were never people. They were just created to literally to help us as people on Earth and things like that. So Mm -hmm. they never had the human experience. They never had what it was like to be hungry, to be happy, sad, whatever. Maybe happy, sad, but not like the physical feelings that we have as humans. And it goes the same thing for the demons, that they are not people who had really bad lives or anything like that. And then they die and then they just are, you know, haunting the earth for the the rest of eternity. It's more so that they were purposely created to attempt to corrupt people and, you know, in the case that they would try to mess with you in any way, shape or form, you would have to be the one to kind of like, you know, put your foot down and not allow for it to happen. But that is basically like the way that they are manifested or created is just for the simple fact that their purpose is to attempt to bring people down. And, you know, you would have to stop it. Same thing goes for the angels to uplift us. And we have to ride off of that wave. You know what I mean? So. 
yeah, my mind's going to like the law of polarity, the yin and yang. Mm -hmm. It's almost like yes. you need to have, if you're going to have demons, you're going to have angels. Where in my mind kind of goes with this is how mm -hmm. much, if if there are entities out there, let's say angels or demons, right? I guess namely the angels, right? How, if they've never had a human experience, then how are we able to, I guess, trust or believe in the energy or the path that they're leading us towards mm -hmm. if they've never had a physical incarnation to know what it's like to be human? Okay, that's a great question. So basically, the way that I see it as far as that as well is that because they were created out of the best intentions, that they were created literally out of light to help us. And I'm not sure if you've ever seen an angel, but angels are very tall. Like they're very, they're, they're, they're usually over six foot. Um, the tallest I've ever seen is like a nine foot one, but they're very tall and they're just white. Like, it's not like they show up with wings and they're like, you know, like nothing like that. They're just big yeah. white light beings. And off of that energy, you, you would just know that it is like a vibrational alignment that you're like, this is a good spirit. I know I, I don't have fear you know it's like a natural it's like you connecting again with the light inside of you where you're just like mm -hmm. i don't have to fear anything i'm fine you know so it's like the energy that it emits you just have to trust it so like i said it's a very intuitive based but you can feel it like trust me you'll know definitely yeah you can just feel that it's and i feel like you, it's something you can kind of feel decision to decision that you make in your life whether this decision actually aligns you with a higher frequency, a higher feeling, a higher vibration as right. you make the decision versus exactly. a decision that might pull you more down and be a little bit more stuck in it. Exactly. That's completely right. So then with the demons, where was I going with this? Oh, I, I this is something that I've really been trying to mentally figure out. And I got this from a Dolores Cannon book where she said something along the lines or channeled this from somebody that mm -hmm. the devil specifically is humans inability to take responsibility for their lives mm -hmm. so her whole thing or that she got was the only reason that people perceive the devil to exist and maybe this is a little bit different than demons per se right but she said that the only reason that the devil exists is because people make excuses you know and you know, again, these books were written 40, 50 years ago. So I believe the terminology may have shifted a little mm -hmm. because I know that you hear all the time, oh, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do this. Mm -hmm. The devil made me do that. And it becomes this abolition of responsibility. So how does that kind of fit into the context of demons? Because if, if it's just our excuses, but does, do our excuses like make space for demons to come into our lives? Okay. So basically the way that I see it with that as well is that basically as far as um responsibility goes, I feel it is very important that you do take. You you have to as a person in general and the way that you avoid like dealing with yourself, that's where all of these beings like the demonic beings, I feel that they attempt to take advantage when you avoid doing what your soul is telling you what to do like if your soul is telling you hey boo it's time for you to go on walks like you'll feel better if you do and then you're like i'm not gonna take walks i'm just gonna lay in bed all day that's kind of like you feeding that energy the negative energy and that's not to say that in that moment a demon will visit you or anything like that but that's how it starts then you mm. then you start doing other things that don't help you you start going down that little road 
And then that's when, you know, that's when you feel more negative. You feel more bothered by, oh, I feel depressed all the time. I'm hearing things. I have nightmares. You know, people deal with that kind of stuff. And that usually, truthfully, is a lack of taking responsibility for the actions that have led to that point. You know, it's all about you having to literally step up to not allow for that shit to affect you. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And And that makes sense then because it's, it's just like almost aligning you with that frequency. It's almost you're making the decisions that are not for your highest self. And therefore you're just aligning with that frequency of that lower frequency. And so by Mm -hmm. aligning with that lower frequency, you start to almost see it, right? Like, would that be a fair way to say it where that becomes into your perception of, you know, this is what it is. And, this is really interesting to me because I always, I made a TikTok video kind of like tongue in cheek, but I truly believe it, that mm. you can, you can read people's minds just by being more honest with yourself. So right. it's like this level of, if you're able to align with that higher frequency, then it mm-hmm. enables you to see everything that's kind of below you. Right. That's very cool. I've actually never heard of like what you just said, that right there. <laughs> I think I think that's that's a cool perspective because it is true. It's like all this stuff, it's the same, but it's all taught in different forms. So I guess it's like so people can understand it better and like, you know, different perspectives and things like that. Because not everyone is open to just hearing one way that it works, you know, like people want if you say if, for example, you tell a very conventional person this, that, this, that, and they're like, uh, I don't know, I've been taught this, that, but you know, usually you're just telling me back the same thing I'm saying, but in a totally different, like, you know, way of saying it pretty much. So it's all the same. It's just, we're it learning back. differently. Yeah. It goes back to the very first thing that we were talking about. And you were like, yeah, you just said the same thing I said. <laughs> and I yeah, was like, oh, yeah, I? literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's really cool. Uh, it's pretty funny. The other thing I wanted to, uh, I guess we're going to slight topic shift here. I wanted to commemorate you mm-hmm. on is that you're a really good storyteller. I'm not sure if you know that or not. I don't, but thank you. <laughs> you don't know that? No, I no, like, no, I do. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching your, you're like going through your TikToks the other day to like mm-hmm. see what you talk about, like a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the stories you were telling were very, it was like very well done. Like I don't want you to get into, you might be just a natural at it. So I just wanted to thank at least you. bring that up and give you a mini <laughs> round of applause for it. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate uh, it. Have you ever, you've never heard that before that you're a good storyteller? Honestly, I'm going to be so honest with you. I never tell stories. I only do it online. Maybe that's really? why I don't know. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I like to only tell stories when I feel like I have a purpose to. Like if someone asks me in person, I'll, I'll be like, okay, I'll tell you. But I'll never, ever go up to you and just be like, guess what happened last night? Like never. So that's pretty cool that you mentioned that. <laughs> <Would> you not, <laughs> do you not have friends that like you – because? you tell some interesting stories on your TikTok about like hauntings or visiting like a haunted museum or mm-hmm. these different kind of things. So are, are there not too many people, I guess, in your physical reality who you discuss right. these kinds of spiritual things with? Okay. So honestly, there isn't too many people. The only real person would be my boyfriend. That's like the go-to because he completely understands it. We both are psychic mediums. So we both mm. are able to sit there and be like, let's figure it out. But with other people, a lot of times they're very not in denial, but I can feel that they're just like, like kind of like, huh? Like I need to see it to believe it. So in that case, I just leave it alone. I'm like, you'll understand one day 
for other people if they ask me about it which is usually what happens like instead of me going up to people and being like let me tell you this they'll be like I had a really weird dream or I experienced this and I saw this do you know what it means and then I'll explain so Mm -hmm. usually the really only person would be my boyfriend but besides that everyone else is just there to learn I think you know (laughs) that's interesting No, I mean, it's it's super it's super interesting to hear you say that, because I felt like I started off in that point in my life where I actually I might still be at a similar point myself because, you know, you and there was a big reason I started this podcast was because I wanted to figure out what other people knew about this realm of spirituality and all this crazy stuff and all this stuff. Right. And it's not something you can just, it's not something you can just like walk up to someone on the side of the road and strike up a conversation about. Conscious Monkeys, I need to bring your attention to this company that I've been using over the past few months and probably longer now if you're hearing this, that has absolutely changed the way that I'm actually interfacing with the world. It's a company by the name of Conscious Technologies. And what they do is actually create these harmonizing units. And what it does is it actually takes the rotation of EMF frequencies that are in your area and harmonizes them. They make them in line with the true natural frequency of the universe around you. And they're incredible products. I actually went and I've tested out their quantum flow unit. I've tested out their meditation bed, their core harmonizer. And quite frankly, they were so incredible that I actually bought the cell phone EMF harmonizer for my cell phone. I was also lucky enough that Ross threw in a necklace as well. So I've been wearing that thing and quite frankly, I'm even wearing it to bed and my dreams have become so vivid and just intense that it's pretty insane. I honestly feel so grateful to have it. Their mission is to bring forth technologies that support the harmony of mankind and the world at large. Go check out their stuff. I mean, looking's for free. And if I'm being honest, if you click the link below and make a purchase, I do get some kickback. But quite frankly, I wouldn't be promoting it if it didn't work. So with that being said, go check them out. Conscious Technologies, LLC link below conscious monkeys are you looking for a zbd cream that actually works i've tried many different zbd products and i've really never truly felt like any of them have worked for me like maybe there'd be like a little bit of tingling and then it would fade pretty quickly then came along revive cbd from the first time i tried it on i could tell that there was something different about this product i noticed that any joint pain i had was gone within minutes of applying it And it lasted for a significant duration. I don't have an exact time for you guys, but do your own test. (laughs) So if you're still looking for the right CBD cream, then this might be the right one for you. Because if you resonate with my vibe, then maybe you'll resonate with this vibe. I actually kind of just made that up on the spot. So hopefully you liked it. (laughs) Check out the link below. And as a side note, like always, the link below is an affiliate link. But again, I would not be promoting them if it didn't work for me. So hopefully it'll work for you. Again, check it out below, myrevibe.com. Get yours today. And with that being said, Conscious Monkeys, let's get back to the interview. But usually people are very open. I've noticed that over time. Like, um, for example, when I went, I was in Nantucket in June. And I remember, like, for me, everywhere that I go is a spiritual experience. Even if I don't say it or talk about it, I see everything as, like, there's a reason for this trip. There's a reason for this, whatever. So I remember one day a guy just comes up to me and my friend group while we're there. And he's like, let me tell you about this story about something that happened to me 30 years ago. And it was a story about how he was visited by a spirit and he didn't know it was a spirit. He thought it was just a man. And 
him seeing that spirit said it's like a whole thing but basically what happened was he fell and he had barbed wire something like that go through him and if he had stayed down because what happens he was laying down and he woke up and he saw the spirit and the spirit scared him enough for him to get up and to go do something about what was going on and he told me that he 110% believes that if he didn't see that spirit that he would have laid there and just died literally bled away until he would have passed away so he said that at that point you know it was like it saved his life and it happened That's like wild. two more times with other in, uh, no, other in situations something about a wrong direction he was going in the wrong direction he saw the spirit and he turned around and then he left and later on he found out that something would have happened if he had got, continued down that road so it's very it always like happens that's trippy it like is trippy. So trippy and especially remember, for someone yeah go ahead. go ahead no i was just gonna say especially <laughs> for someone to go up to like go up to a ran like a girl who would understand or even just people who would understand it and to share that i feel like it's so aligning like it's just so spiritual i don't Did know he just randomly so cool. come out of nowhere to share that with you yes i was in shock i could i was like i was shocked but i wasn't surprised in a way like i was like of course like this is you know the world is small in a way but it's huge but it's very small so i wasn't entirely surprised but i'm sorry you were gonna say yeah. earlier yeah good no it's all good uh we got plenty of time <laughs> i got you i got we'll you. get all the stories in uh yeah, but it was reminding me it was reminding me of some sort of uh there was a football incident where after the play was over, it was like nasty hits and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy like, it was kind of a pile up almost, but it was maybe a small one. And there was a guy on the bottom, but then the guy on top of him was kind of like laying diagonal. And um, what happened? I forget exactly how it played out, but basically the mm -hmm. guy on the bottom wasn't injured, but the guy on top was. Right. Now the guy on the bottom just didn't move, which isn't, normal for someone after a play like if someone's still laying on you you get pissed off you push them off whatever and right. i don't remember exactly what he said after it but he said something about like something or someone was telling me to just stay still and so he just didn't move turns mm -hmm. out had he moved and got up the player that was injured on top of him would have died from like the way that he would have moved off or something Oof. like that that's so it's scary so, it's scary yeah i mean it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a very yeah. wild sport but but just, but just to have that awareness of like, there was something that was speaking to me that told me not to move in this situation. I mean, yeah, shit like that. It's just, you know, wild to me. It's so real though. Like it, I love that so much. It's like scary to think that that person could have died had he moved, but it's, um, I love when people actually listen, like they hear that voice and they're like, I just did it. Thank God. <laughs> like, yeah. thank you for doing it. So I why do you that. think, why do you think people don't listen to that voice all the time? overthinking one overthinking. word literally anxiety scared i don't know uncertain just listen like if you hear it it's not for no fucking reason it's coming up for a reason you gotta listen and i always feel like if people don't listen that not that it's a bad thing or that bad things will happen but i feel like if they feel a very strong feeling and they don't listen to it that's when something i guess bad really bad can happen but if something minimal like I feel like everyone does it every day. You know, even you, maybe you thought I should go down this road, but you're like, I'm going to take the other road. Maybe going down the other road, there was a roadblock and you're like, oh, that's why I should have went the other road. But, you know, it's a small inconvenience, but it was still something that showed you to a, another it. road, you know? Yeah, I do everyone it with food it. all the time. I do it with food I, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I was going to make a food example and then I changed it. 
Trust your intuition. <laughs> yeah, you see, like literally yeah, right yeah. then and there. That's well, it's funny. You had there was a story you had where you were talking about applying for some sort of uh, spiritual workshop or something, and mm-hmm. you pulled out your crystals to. Uh, do you want to tell that story? I, I think yeah. it's, it embodies exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell it. Oh my god, that was one of the most embarrassing experiences of my life. I remember. Well, hopefully, I, okay. a revelation at the same time. Yeah, oh, definitely. But I remember it just because I guess it's because my genre. I'm like, but anyway, so basically what happened was I was so set on not working anywhere ever again. I was like, I'm not working anywhere unless it's somewhere I want to work at. So, you know, whatever I found of spiritual shop nearby. And as you may or may not know, like spiritual shops, they're not as consistent in work as like you working at a hospital or like a restaurant even, you know, it's just not but I was, I didn't care. I was like, I don't care. I want to work somewhere that embodies me. So I went and I asked them, I was like, do you guys have openings? And they were like, oh, um, you know, what, what were you looking for? And I was like, I don't know, like any psychic stuff, like I'll do anything y'all want me to do. And they were like, well, we do have a small opening. It's not much though. It'll only be like three times a week. Like, are you okay with that? And I was like, I didn't care. Cause at the same time I was only 18. So, or nine, I, no, I was 18 years old. So I was like, I don't book so I went and they set up the interview and she put me into a room and it was me and the the woman and she was a psychic medium already so initially going in I was like what if she knows more like what if I can't do it what if because Mm. I'm so young she's looking down on me and so I went in you know with that fear and I remember I was like, she she might have, I think, she, no, she told me at the end that she knew I was nervous, but I was literally like low-key shaking. I was like, I didn't want to fuck up. So then she asked me, she's like, okay, to get started, let's see if uh, you can channel my aunt. She passed away and I want to know any messages that she has for me. And immediately I was like, oh my goodness, because like my mind was going. And I had already channeled before, but because I felt like I was under so much pressure in that moment, I was like, For sure. oh, I can't focus. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And I like took, oh my God, I go in my pocket <laughs> out of literal impulse, took out my, my crystals, held them in my hand like this. And I was like, okay. And I remember I was like, I'm fucking up so bad right now. Like she was, she was like looking at me and I was trying not to look at her, but she was like, like kind of like confused. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like I, I couldn't even say, I'm sorry. I don't know why I did that. I was just, I just went along with it. So I played <laughs> dumb and I was like, okay, um, uh, I feel like she wants you to know this and that. And she was, I think it didn't align completely. And she was like, Hmm. like she was like I don't know this that and I was like okay I was like what like I, at that point I just kind of stayed quiet and she continued she's like well that's okay let's just move on to the next thing she's like do you know or can you channel where I think she said where she's from it was something like that or where we're from like my family and I remember <laughs> to be completely honest like she was a middle-aged white woman so in my head she didn't have an accent nothing so I was like Wyoming like I in my head I was like middle states like maybe like kind of thing I felt in my heart in my soul New York New Jersey area up north because I live in Florida I was like it's up north it's not far but I was overthinking so hard that I was like uh like Indiana Wyoming and she was like no she was like no we're from New York and I was like Fuck. no she said new jersey and i was like fuck me like i, I was I, I at that point i was like you know what forget it like honestly forget it. And she was like okay she's like i think we're done but i wanted to talk to you she's like i know that i i see like you know what you were doing and i understand like you have good intentions and things like that 
But she's like, first, like, no one takes out crystals to channel. And I was like, I knew that. I told, I admitted it. I was like, I knew that. I'm sorry. I was just so nervous. She's like, I could tell you were nervous. And I was like, I know. It's just that I really don't want to work anywhere else. Like, I want to be a psychic, like a professional, good psychic medium. And I was like, I'm working on it. Like, I'm getting there. She's like, it, it, I understand that. But she's like, I want you to take a moment. And I want you to tell me, like, when you were trying to channel, what, did you hear a bunch of voices? And I was like, yeah. It sounded like you're in a room and there's just people just talking everywhere. So she's like, is that how it sounded? And I was like, yeah, I just heard a bunch of people. And she was like, okay, that's, that's literally you just channeling. She's like, the thing is that you didn't say, let me channel her aunt. You said, let me just hear it. And you heard it from everyone. So that's why you didn't get a message. It's because you were just listening to whatever was coming through. And I was like, no shit like duh she's like because anyone can come through she's like bad spirits good spirits this that and i asked her i was like by any chance have you ever experienced hearing a bad spirit or being tricked by like you know someone pretending to be a good spirit she's like oh definitely you know bad spirits they try to like come through and give you fake messages and all this stuff to scare you she's like but it's never true so she's like whenever you channel in the future it's very important that you locate a spirit and you say let me talk to this spirit let me see what comes through. And then that's how it starts. And I was like, that's good advice. And after that, even though obviously I didn't get the job, like she told me, she's like, you know, understandably. And I was like, it's fine. I felt like I I learned something that day. And that was that I learned how to successfully channel one spirit and not a thousand million, you know, all this stuff. And after that, I never lost that advice. Like I kept it with me. So I love it. yeah, it was crazy, but meant to be. Well, I mean, that's, I, I think that's like the nugget in there is like understanding that discernment, you know, with your, you know, being able to channel. Right. Uh, because I know I had a teacher who helped me out to create mm -hmm. my pathway. And I mean, I have this like three paragraph thing that I'll read off in order to open up the channel. Right. It's exactly what you're saying. Like the first paragraph is identifying the light beings I want to talk to. The next paragraph is identifying like that no meddling spirits save me from my third density minded ego. And then the right. last one is like identifying who or what I'm trying to receive this information for. And so I find that really fascinating that that was actually the message That's that came through for you. Yeah. yeah, it's literally the same teachings just worded differently. Same shit. <laughs> But where, and I'm going to push back a little bit on her. Mm -hmm. Why are you, is is it like, are you not like allowed to channel with crystals? I mean, I don't see that as being like a wrong thing to do or what, mm -hmm. like what happened in that situation? I think what she was saying, because when I did it, I did it. It was, all, it was a very egotistical, like I knew I was thinking with my ego. Cause in the moment I was like, maybe if I take out my crystals, it'll look better. But it was very, like mm. I said, impulsive. Cause I was super nervous. So I just did it. And then I, as soon as I did it, I was like, that's not like the thing about crystals like they do help you and you know with the energy that they give off depending on what it is that you're looking for it will help you out with that but what it really was was she was basically telling me to not depend on the crystals to get me to hear a spirit like the crystals itself was not going to allow me to hear a spirit it was going to be me and you know yeah, no psychic true. medium was going to you know they don't it's just not like something that is done you know what i'm, I'm talking about Pretty much, it's just yeah. It's not like a common practice. But yeah, I exactly. Mean, but I, I, I kind of view possible. yeah, exactly. I yeah. view this as, as like you create your own adventure type thing. Exactly. So like, if you want to use crystals, by all means, like you know, roll a crystal, and if it appears a certain way, you can like look into it. I'm sure and see, you know, what you want to see. Exactly. There are no limits. I don't. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Literally. Yeah. So, but maybe, but maybe to your point, she was more seeing it of like the 
oh, like uh, Electra is using a, her ego to pull out these crystals. And I'm sure she could just see it from your energy. <laughs> exactly. She know. She know. <laughs> she know. <laughs> yeah, she definitely know. <laughs> yeah. Have you gone back and visited her at all since then? Actually, that's where I got my first piece of Moldavite. I don't know if you know what Moldavite is. I do it's, not. It's um, it's a tektite. It's not a crystal exactly, but it's yeah, it's like a very small tektite. Well, it's not small. It's actually a huge meteor, a meteor, meteor. <laughs> I can't say that. meteor. It. Yeah, that that basically landed. Oh my gosh, I forgot the origin. I think it's. I don't want to say anything wrong. Actually, I'm not even gonna say. It, but I it landed. You can Google it. Okay, cool. Because let me know how to I, spell it. Okay, it's uh, mold M O L D A M O L D A V I V I T E, and then you'll see Moldavite. like the origin. Yeah, Moldavite. It's an extremely powerful tektite. What does it, it like, do? It like shakes. Well, what's the a tektite? Core. Let's bank it. Let's back it up just a little bit. What's a tektite? It's like a piece of glass, kind of. So it's like I said, it's not exactly a it's crystal. Beautiful. It's really pretty. It's uh, green and, you know, it's like very, you, they sell it in very small parts because it's so like, it's very, I guess you could say rare or hard to have because it's so powerful. People tend to like, if you sell, I think, um, I think even like a small piece like this costs like 50 to a hundred dollars, like a very small, you're making small like piece. a okay sign with your hand. Just so, yeah, in case like anyone's very, listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. yeah very, like, very small piece. No, you're, you're good. too used to TikTok. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm spoiled. No, yeah, but yeah. that's, yeah, it's, it's a very, very cool little thing, but it does wake you up inside spiritually speaking. And that's why it's very hard. I guess you could say, it's not that it's hard to have, but it's more so like, are you prepared to have it? Because having it, it's almost guaranteed that you will be feeling a, an energetic shift within your life, that things will change, things go on, especially if you're somebody who hasn't done much of your work to be, I guess you could say like aligned spiritually. That's where that comes in. And it kind of like forces you to wake up. Like, it's not a choice anymore, baby. Mm. Like, I'm gonna wake you up, you know? So <laughs> like when I... Yeah, exactly. So at that point, I remember I bought it and it was just it was like in an oil and it had it the tiniest piece of it at the bottom. And mm. I remember she told me like she was the one who put me onto it. She was like, this is Moldavite. This is very rare. It's you know, you sh she told me she like to be honest, because she sold it for a cheaper price than like other people would. And she was like, you're better off just getting it now because she's like, there's no guarantee that anywhere else will sell it for as cheap as we do this, that. And I got it. And honestly, nothing really shifted because at that point I was already very deep in my spiritual journey. But I remember that I did feel of energetic shift in terms of like my determination. I remember I was like, damn, I feel more motivated. I feel like I want to do something for other people things tend sometimes they fall apart completely not in the worst way but like it's almost like they fall apart to come together but it's a very rude awakening pretty much to for some shake people. you into your alignment a little bit yeah, more as exactly. opposed to what you're going through yeah so i have a i found the story of moldavite formation yeah moldavite is thought to have formed about 15 million years ago in the impact event that produced the rays I believe I'm saying that right, Rays and Steinhem craters in southeastern Germany. Mm -hmm. An incoming asteroid is thought to have broken into two pieces that produced a pair of this pair of craters. The impacting bodies approached from the southwest. They hit with a high enough velocity to melt 
and splatter the target rock across a strewn, a strewn, a strewn field, S-T-R-E-W-N, a strewn field Mm -hmm. that includes portions of what is now the Czech Republic, Austria, and Germany. Most of the splatter solidified in the air and fell to earth in the Czech Republic. Meteorite experts have named these materials impactocytes, impactites. Moldavite mm-hmm. is also considered to be a mineraloid, mineraloid, a mineraloid, <laughs> it's a difficult <laughs> word to say, <laughs> because it is a naturally occurring inorganic solid that does not have a crystalline structure. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It solidified so quickly that atoms did not have enough time to organize themselves into minerals. That is right. fascinating. And they've got it like is. a little picture here. Wow. If you're looking for this article, uh, geology.com slash gemstone slash moldavite. Wow. That's pretty fascinating. Conscious Monkeys, if you're looking to start your own podcast, I have the two tools that you need to use to get that show on the road. And the names are Buzzsprout and Riverside. I'm combining these into one ad because, you know, I've honestly had nothing but the best for them. But if you're going to be using one of them, you might be using the other one. So what Buzzsprout is, is essentially the platform that I use to put my podcast out there. It's the reason you can hear this. That's the reason that I appear on all these different directories. The thing you might also need is that if you're interviewing people, you're going to need Riverside as well. And quite frankly, I'm using it right now to even just record these podcasts because they will even dilate in, dilate in. I don't think that's the right phrase for it. They will harmonize your voice so that it sounds equivalent. So if I start talking quiet at one point, they have a built-in editor that will actually make your voice sound crisp. I highly suggest Buzzsprout and Riverside. Go check out the links below in the description. And like always, these are affiliate links. So I do get a minor kickback if you do sign up with them. However, like always, they are incredible. The Support has been on point and they always get back to me. So I highly recommend them. If you have any questions, they're there to help. So with that being said, go check it out in the link below and let's get back to the interview. It is. It's really freaking cool. I love things like rare stuff like that. So what, I mean, do you, I don't know, maybe this is a question for someone in the chemistry uh, field, but do you have any idea of like, you know, the correlation between like the crystalline structure and it's, um spiritual properties do you know if like certain gems that have them versus the ones that don't have them if that creates a different energetic Im- i mean it has to create a different one but do you know the correlation between spirituality and that i feel like what it is is like the energy of the origin of the place in, in a way because i do feel like as you were telling me that like i had a like i was able to see how because you know it's an asteroid came from space that that energy alone is very different like that's a very impactful like it was forced onto earth you're gonna have it this that as for other crystals for me personally i feel like seeing them in like brazil because a lot of them come from brazil some of them come from like um countries like mexico even like there's just they're all over the place but they're kind of like already set for you to have you know what i mean like Mm. there's there's definitely like all the crystals that anyone has ever bought is created not created but it has been found and molded and you know like scraped down to be clean and pretty but it all comes from this earth so i definitely do believe that like you know because people are very prevalent and very strong about saying that um Moldavite is not a crystal. It's a piece of, you know, tech, uh, like glass or tectite from uh from space because it has a di- very different energy. You know, it doesn't come from earth. It comes from 
somewhere uh, uh, far away from here. Very cool. But well, that's a that's actually a really interesting point, right? Because majority of crystals, I guess. So mm-hmm. I guess crystal would be that it formed almost with the earth, right? Yes, because it would have exactly. whether there was the pressure expansion of the earth, whether it was here from the origin of the earth versus something that am i wearing the necklace right now i'm not but there was even uh mm-hmm. it's a thing called shungite i'm not sure if you're familiar with it yes. but there's you're familiar with it okay so yeah. i have a necklace like that that kind of is infused with gold and different stuff mm-hmm. and so that's to your point i mean that's another thing that's like um an asteroid that impacted and then uh you know came from a different earth right because even if this was a 15 i think they said 15 million years ago yeah. the Vite got here and it's like that's nothing in the history of the earth so that's pretty yeah. crazy to that's interesting it's an interesting um thing to have crystals that were on earth from the very beginning versus ones that were made from the impact of a meteor exactly it's very very interesting but i definitely believe that it all makes a difference like more of the, the energy shifts depending on that. What type of energy shifts do you think? I think that because like you said, like with the earth, I feel like we were obviously destined to finding like all the crystals that we have here because they were on earth. They were placed here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find them, you know, there's no way that we won't. And with, as for it's uh, like with Moldavite, for example, I guess you could say it's like, the chance of it because i do believe truly that everything does happen for a reason but the chance of it coming down to earth for us to find you know like we found it because it came to earth it crashed now we have no choice but to deal with it and now here oh my god we found this piece of moldavite let's distribute it to the people that that alone is like a totally different energy in itself it's like venturing out something that was that came on accident for us to have on purpose you know what i mean like it's (laughs) like the purpose of it coming well because that's interesting too right you're bringing in the idea of you know people say coincidences i don't really like the word coincidence because i feel and it sounds like you're in alignment with this where it's like everything happens for a reason like there's a reason that and it's interesting too because i've had really smart people who have asked me like do you really believe everything happens for a reason and i feel like we've even gotten to science like science even proves that everything happens for a reason you know it's Mm -hmm. newton's Oh, I forget which one, one of Newton's laws that like everything that has an action has an equal and opposite reaction. So, you know, hell, if, you know, someone were to interrupt this podcast for some reason, you know, like (laughs) there's a reason that that happened, you know? So I always find that really fascinating, but then to layer this on top of the, the asteroids is really a fascinating thing as well, where it comes into play of okay, we're going to put certain minerals or crystals on the earth and then we'll now introduce other things as whether it's humans progressing in society, whether it's, you know, mental expansion, whether it's our consciousness rising to a certain level. And it's like, let's send them this mineral to help them elevate their consciousness in a, in a more harmonious or almost like a more faster way. Right. Does that does that resonate with you? Yes, I see what you're saying. I definitely like can understand that perspective because you know, it's almost like the way that I guess the things that we were shown as people, it's it's almost like we have no other choice but to expand as souls. Like it's it all leads down to that. I genuinely believe that like no matter what it is, 
if you because I don't want to say this in like a way to I guess offend people who feel like that are more aligned with their ego but genuinely I do believe like kind of back to the beginning about the responsibility thing like in order to become more and more and more aligned you have to understand that it does take you just taking responsibility for your life and just to say like I'm not going to deal with shit that I don't want to deal with. I'm not going to victimize myself, be this, be that, if I don't want to live that way. And that's why, like, all these things that are happening, they all lead up to that moment, like, in which you're like, no, I can do this. Like, full empowerment. That's, like, the whole thing I, I truly think of this whole thing is just being aligned within not even just aligned because it's not more so like, oh, if you're not aligned, you're not good because, you know, that some people think. And that's also an egotistical perspective to say something like that. It's just all about what you feel is the best for yourself. Do you feel totally content with your life? Do you feel spiritually like you got this shit, like you're good, you're straight, there's no rules, there's no, you have to do this, no that. It's whatever you feel. It's like specific to you because what I need in my life is not going to be the same thing that you need in your life. You feel me? But us having two totally different things and us being totally content with that is still enough for us because that's what's destined for us do you know what i mean like oh, for sure that's yeah that perspective is it's reminding me of when i came into the realization that this is going to sound super basic but mm -hmm. the realization that not everybody wants the same thing right i know that that like sounds like you're like oh yeah of course not everybody wants the same thing but to actually extrapolate that of anything from a relationship to you know monetary or you know societal things that i want to accomplish like st right. starting a podcast for instance obviously not everybody wants to start a podcast but to me like my mindset was and it's interesting because i feel like once we get into these niches or communities you start to see more of it and so then you start to think oh everybody's doing this it's almost like you know getting into the spirituality realm it's like you see all the creators out there and it's like, oh shit, everybody's doing this, but right. it's, but it's not the case. It's like your mind is more fixated on this narrow minded approach that it's like, no, that's what you're doing. And because you're doing it, you are seeking out, whether it's conscious or subconscious, you're seeking out other people in that space and then projecting that onto every quote unquote, everybody, because you're not truly seeing everybody because you <laughs> don't want to see everybody. Right. I feel like I'm going down a weird rabbit hole, but maybe maybe that makes sense. No, it does. It definitely does make sense. Like, I feel like that definitely is true. Like, like you said pretty much um, before that, you know, not everyone wanting the same thing or not needing the same thing, that that all comes together at the end for whatever feels the best for you. Because I genuinely do believe that that's really important. I think it's really important that people don't, okay, like, Yes, I want people to know this. It's just the fact that just because it seems like it's good for this person to have it does not mean that you need that too. Because a lot of times people will beat themselves down saying like, oh, but you're you're a psychic and I don't know. I'm like, girl, like it has no, there's no correlation. Like there's nothing. If you're happy being a musician, for example, singing your heart out, that is what you're doing. That's your thing. I'm not going to be the best singer in the world. <laughs> you feel me? Like, that's not my thing. That's not my genre. But that's like what I need is being aligned with my psychic ab abilities because that's what makes me me. And for you, go ahead, you know, for you, for example, go ahead and be uh, like do podcasts like that makes you good. That makes you feel happy. That makes you feel like 
you have what you need in your life, the alignment. Does that, yeah, like pretty much exactly that. And yeah, it's, it, it all, it does go down a rabbit hole in a way because it's very deep. Like this, this can branch out to hold, you know, everything, but it really is as, as simple as that, you know, it really is that simple. Conscious monkeys. I've got something out there for all my coaches, anybody who has digital courses, anybody who's creating content, whether it's audio or video, you got to check out Superpass. Superpass is the super dope platform that I've been using now, and they're actually what has enabled my app to work. It's what's enabled me to start generating income and to help people more effectively. If you are a content creator, you create audio, video, whatever it may be, Superpass might be the choice for you because they'll provide you with your own app and they have a great online service to also help you out. So I'm not going to put in too much because everything they do is way too much to pack into this one ad. I will say go click the link below because that is where you'll be able to find all the information. This is an affiliate link and I wouldn't be promoting them if it didn't help me. Click the link below and go check out Superpass. With that being said, Conscious Monkeys, let's get back to the last segment of the interview. Well, I'm always down to push the depth of the rabbit hole that we're investigating because something, <laughs> something we love to do here. So yeah. we don't have to stop any sh- rabbit hole shallow. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're like challenge accepted. I'm like, you're right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was what I should have started this off with. That's what you need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now you're like, oh, okay, I won't hold back. Bro, <laughs> I won't. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's let's push it. Um, so then, okay, here here's where we come. Let's open up this rabbit hole. Okay. What does the word, and what is your belief system around aliens? Aliens are a hundred and ten percent real. Don't care what anybody says. The most logical person in the world could say they're not real, and I'll say they're definitely real. I'm going to say right here, right now. Okay. I have this collection of books uh, called Conversations with God. It's a four book series. So it's basically like the start out is that this person said that he wanted to channel, he wanted to channel God and he wanted to see what God had to say and things like that. So what he did was he started writing because usually there's this thing called, um, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a type of writing where you just start writing and whatever messages comes through, you just, just you just write. write. Exactly. Yes, that's it. Yes. So he did that. Yes, it's very good because it helps. But basically, like he did that for himself and he found out like all this stuff from God, like he started asking questions to spirit. And from there, he asked, he was like something along the lines of, do you believe in aliens or do you are aliens real? And God said, I'm not going to expose too much, but I am going to say that you as humans would have to be very ignorant to think that you were the only species in this entire universe. And right then and there, I was like, there has to be millions and millions and millions (laughs) of different species that we don't know about out there has to be, has to be. And even though I haven't like, I will, I have seen a few like UFO kind of sightings things like, you know, in the sky or whatever. Uh, I mean, in terms of that, I feel like that's as far as it goes. Like, for some people, I'm sure they've had dreams or have had been visited by extraterrestrials and stuff like that. For me, I haven't like ventured it out. I feel like if I were to like look into it and figure out like, let me channel this and that I could. But for some reason, 
I don't know. I feel like my soul is not meant to advance to that. For some, I don't know. I feel like because for myself, I believe that this is my last lifetime. And I feel like that's for a reason. Because the way that we're going down like this technology route, I love like, don't get me wrong. Like, technology is amazing. I love it. But I'm I am afraid to see how far it can go. And I feel like that might be why it's my last lifetime, because I know by the time I'm old, there's going to probably be like walking freaking robots around town like who knows who knows and i don't want to see it to be honest it, it scares me so i don't <laughs> so i well, think that, that, fear, that like, stops that fear it. might be why that you have fear. to come back though oh my god you're right like as i was saying that, i was like <laughs> am i like creating a new thing <laughs> like yeah that's funny i was about but, to say i'm honored to to host you on your last life but i was gonna say if it's fear <laughs> fear's the reason you might have to come back <laughs> oh for sure yeah it, you're right because I guess it's not like a genuine like, oh, I'm afraid. I just feel like it's not meant for me. That's I guess that's more so to say. I feel like I'm just here for like the the touch ups in my own life and like to expand on what I already know to help people. But as far as like the rest goes, I think that it'll be taken care of from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, you bring, you bring up an interesting idea, which is I kind of want to stick on the alien conversation. Yeah, bring we up can. A, well, maybe we'll come back to it because you yeah. bring up an interesting idea that I'm contemplating which is like your last life right mm -hmm. i mean you know maybe some people can get it all done in one life i don't really know how frequent that is if at all but how i mean i mean are there because I, I think i saw on your website that you even will read into people how many lives they have left how many lives they've lived mm -hmm. so like in your personal research you know what's the average amount of lives people have and are there characteristic traits or something that determine how many more lives you have? If this is your last life, like where, how do those numbers all shake out? Okay. So the way, like in general, the way I see everything is that nothing is solidified. So even like with lifetimes, for example, when someone, you know, the reason I have the lifetime count on my website is because I want people to know, you know, in this very moment, right here, right now, I see that you have five more lifetimes left. Now, depending on you, if you decide to take a different Real route, quick, in your are you life, saying me? Are you saying me? No. Or are you just saying no? In so okay. in general, you're saying in general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, so sorry. If, it's just, yeah. just verifying. <laughs> Make sure good, take too, any of this too personal. <laughs> like for oh, shit, five left. I got shit to do. <laughs> for real, that's that's a long journey. But anyway, um, basically, it's kind of like if you take a different route in your life. Like, let's say right now you're doing the best that you can, and then in five years you decide to go down a very different route than you were supposed to. That could easily add on to your lifetimes. Or even if you take down a better direction, you could easily remove some of the extra lifetimes you have. So like I said, like nothing is set in stone, depending on you. That's how it would play out. But as far as like how many lifetimes we all live, it is entirely up to that specific being. There's no amount like you have 100 and you're just going to live the 100. It's like whenever you are ready as a soul to finally be done, that's when you're done. But it's not up to um, mm. it's not like a like I said, like a specific nothing, because, you know, to me, the world has no rules. There's no rules anywhere. So if you're done in this lifetime, then you're done. If you're not done, you'll come back. If Whatever you decide for yourself, whatever is best for you, all that stuff, it's all going to play a part in that in the long run. That makes a lot of sense because I, the way that I've kind of the research I've found and stuff that's felt right intuitively has kind of come down to the idea that we chose to incarnate. And the reason that we made that choice to incarnate was to kind of learn a bigger lesson or learn things quicker, 
it was almost like learning things quicker was a part of the incarnation because it seems like to me that you can study stuff, you know, in the spirit realm, astral realm, wherever the hell it is, mm-hmm. you can study stuff there to grasp it, but almost coming to earth is like the actual test. It's almost, it's almost accelerating the learning process. And so, you know, to your point, I guess it, it makes sense that this could technically be anybody's last life. The -hmm. question becomes like, do you want to reincarnate? Do you want to learn faster? You know, how do you, how do you do that? Because in my opinion, you're never going to be forced to reincarnate. Never. Do you see that the same way? I do see it the same way because, um, I will say when I was younger, I feel like I took spirituality in a more like an egotistical approach in a way because I'd be like, you have to do that. You have to do this. If you this, that. Mm -hmm. But in reality, like I said, there's no rules. So now I see it. I'm like, okay, I do believe that there's a choice for everybody to make in order to see if you want to come back, if you're if you feel like you want to, because I, I have I have channeled a lot of spirits who when they pass away, they're kind of like, it's not limbo, like they're good, but they're still chilling as a soul. Like sometimes they're just like, I'm going to come back later or I need time. A lot of times like spirits need time before they come back to earth. But I will say like generally speaking that with spirits, they tend to feel like I do want to come back because I have stuff to finish. Like that's really like, you know, if you die in a car accident out of nowhere today, not you, I'm <laughs> like, knock on wood, but <laughs> like, for example, someone, for example, yeah. they would, you know, if they have their whole life going for them, they're going to be like, holy shit, you know, I, I still have to go back to do the same, not the same thing, but I have to go back to figure out what else I have to do left. Like some, a lot of times it's like that incomplete feeling, but I feel like if someone genuinely feels like I've completed what I had to as a soul, I feel not ego as a soul. I've just, I decided that then I don't have to reincarnate. And I also think that kind of plays into like what I was saying. Like, it's my choice. Like I've made this my last lifetime. I feel like if I, like you said, if I wanted to come back, I, I could just say, I'll come back the next lifetime. I'll be back again, but I don't feel like I need to like as a soul, I don't feel like I need to. So gotcha. yeah, pretty much like you said, that's pretty cool. There yeah. was, um, there's an interesting idea floating around that a lot of people that are incarnate maybe not a lot of people but there are a good number of people that are incarnated right now who Mm -hmm. were also around whenever atlantis existed and you know we're going through that phase I, i i think and from what i've read it seems like it's a combination of the technology that we're producing and the whole situation we went through with covid that these two things are like the big tests that our generation or our I don't know if you want to call it massive soul cluster or something like Mm -hmm. that went through that actually caused the demise of Atlantean culture. Mm -hmm. And we're almost like replaying out those in our current, like, like this current stage, this current time space reality, Mm -hmm. we are going through very similar challenges that we faced when we were in Atlantis to actually avoid catastrophe again. And so I guess I bring that up to say, like, does anything about that resonate with you? Have you ever heard of something like that before? Honestly, I feel like I have, but in a different way, because I do know about Atlantis, but not that much. Like, I haven't dwelled that deep and dove in, whatever, that deep into it. So <laughs> I'm like, dumb, literally in words. But yeah, pretty much. I feel like it does, like, I, it's like a chain, like a cause and effect chain, I feel more so. Like, what you're saying here. It all leads back to like, okay, because of this and because of that, it kind of led to this kind of collapse. And 
I feel like it, in terms of Atlantis, for example, if that happened, there must have been a very specific reason as to why that culture kind of fell apart. And then now we can't, you know, look more into it. It might have just been like the first example to show us that how as a, a as a society or as like you said, soul clusters, that we are either the make or break of this entire world. And you see, even just with that, like something that happened so long ago, you can see how it's playing out in today's generation. As the world progresses, you can see how certain things are making things, how we as a society can either abuse or not learn to not abuse things that we have. Like, for example, abusing te- like technology, like I was, I was saying earlier, I feel like, you know, in terms of that, we've gotten to a point where it's very good, very this and that, but to do things that are a little further that are like, okay, now we're taking a little bit advantage of that. Then that's where it kind of like messes up, you know, because it's, it's all very like egotistical. Yeah. Egotistically driven where, okay, now that we know that we could do this, let's see how else we can, how far we can go with this. And then that leads for like some sort of either uprise or downfall of certain things in the world. And that goes again, not even just for technology, like food for, the way that we live, the way that we are, how we take advantage of the things that we have, like whatever it is. But it's all about having that balance. I feel it's very I think it's very important to have a balance and to not be OK with taking advantage of stuff just because you have it, you know. So how do you are there? I mean, taking advantage of stuff, I feel like. There's a lot of ways to break that down. Is there a way that you avoid that or see that in your life like is it is it almost not being i guess what's resonating with me is almost not being grateful for what you have whenever you say taking advantage of is that right. is that kind of more what you meant yes but not even just that i think it's more to say that to not not overdo what you have not because you can't but because some things just shouldn't be taken to that point. Like, yes, be grateful for what you have. And I do believe in having everything that you want. I believe that it's okay to be happy, to be as successful as you want to be. But I think that it's almost like don't allow for your greed to do more than what you would do as a soul. Like, if you know that you're doing stuff now because of your ego, like egotistically driven to maybe prove a point or this and that, that's when you kind of like go on a, a route that's not so much alignment with you. Pretty much. So do you do you believe then that they're so then in your mind, right? If mm-hmm. if we should be following our soul blueprint and following the energetic path that we've carved out for ourselves in this reality, right? Then what utility would the ego have in that in that system? Why is it is it kind of just to balance out the soul and to mm-hmm. give us the ability to have free will or where Where does that ego come into play in this situation? I think that, well, okay, over time, I've learned that having ego is not, is not, it's a very important thing to have only in moderation. I believe that having ego is, like you said, like a balance, because if we were all like living just like souls, there would be no money, there would be no house, there would be nothing, we would literally just be like, thriving off of fruits, like literally, and that would be it. But the thing is that with the ego, it kind of makes it, it, it's what gives you that courage or not even the courage. It gives you the motivation to be as physically successful in the world as you want to be. Because as a soul, you know, it's all about the alignment side of you. You become aligned as a soul because of your mindset, because of the things you tell yourself. But 
egotistically speaking, we need, we need to have houses. We need to have, um, money. We need to have things like that in the world in order to survive as a person, as a physical being, because even having a physical body is like, a it's like a 3d, you know, it's an ego thing. It's not a soul thing. Cause the soul would just us being souls with no body, but because we have bodies, we have to feed that body with the, you know, that little hinge of ego that says like, okay, boo, you got to eat today. You got to make your money. You got to this, that, whatever. And I feel like that's where like that balance comes in. But then, it, mm-hmm. like I said, as well, that's where the abuse can also come in is where you're like, oh, like, for example, you know, there's nothing wrong with bodybuilding. But for example, like, if someone was like, oh, I'm happy with the way my body looks. And then they're like, let me triple that because I want to prove people wrong. Like, that's great. But are you doing it for the reasons that you feel like you should be doing it for? Or are you going to stress yourself out to prove people wrong? You know what I mean? Like, it's very like. Oh, I do. And you you hit on a topic that's very close to home with me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you did. You got it. You listened to your intuition on that one. Uh, I sure did. So it's a perfect, it's a perfect segue. (laughs) No, but I know I've, I know I've battled. The very first time I got into the gym was ninth Mm -hmm. grade and it was because of football and baseball and. There's right. a level of it that I wanted to be fit for the sports, but there was the ego side that was like, oh, if I lift, I get big and strong, then girls are going to flock to me. Yeah. It was 100% there. And quite frankly, I think that that was a mindset that I probably carried a good majority of my life. Right. And it's not to say it's interesting too, because I've seen ups and downs where I'm like super cut, ripped and jacked. And then it kind of falls off and gets like a little bit soft and whatnot. And then it goes back up and it's these swings. It's like very up and down. Now, idealistically, I would rather just keep a steady increase, right? A steady, you know, looking good, just getting muscular. Mm -hmm. But the question becomes, and this was something that I actually took into my ayahuasca ceremony, which was the intention of, you know, wanting to be fit, wanting to be big so that Mm -hmm. it was coming from a more healthy place as opposed to an egotistical place, a place of this is for my highest self. This is for dedication because I understand that there is something with dedication, with discipline that is a healthy medium, as opposed to going into this with the energy of, well, I want to do this to have X, Y, Z. In my case, it was female validation right right but it's even just taking away the it, it's almost it comes back to that why of setting up have being in an alignment with the intention and having that intention being more of more of more for your highest self as opposed to being feeding your ego feeding your soul as opposed to feeding your ego right yeah exactly and that everything that you said is true like and, and the fact that you were able to catch on to that, that's also something that I think is, it's very important to take that on with you because a lot of times people don't even realize how, how they're doing it to themselves in that way. Like they think, oh, I'm getting ripped because I, I want to look good. But in reality, it's like you're getting ripped to show off. You're getting ripped to prove people, like I said, prove people wrong, maybe get girls, whatever. But are you doing it because it makes you feel good? Like if you were to stop today, would it make you upset because you want to keep doing it because you love it or because now girls aren't going to like me anymore? You know what I mean? Right. So no, 100%. Yeah. It's, it's Becoming very aware powerful. Of the intention. Yeah. Well, and I think it motivates you to become bigger in a sense. I mean, I, I took off a, 
let me see here. I didn't lift for a couple months and, you know, I started to kind of fall off it. And it was like, I really was trying to get into that mindset of like, I don't want to do this for other people's validation. Like I don't right. need it. I mean, I, I'm pretty comfortable with who I am. So then why am I doing it? And, you know, it's, it comes back to the being healthy, you know, being able to live a longer life. So I'm able to help people through the podcast through whatever. And it was really fascinating because whenever I returned to the gym, my, mm-hmm. and I think there's a, I think there's a couple levels here. I think number one, the muscle, so the muscle returned back a lot faster. Right. And I think number one, it's because I already had it beforehand. I'd already lifted beforehand, but a part of me also believes because I'm setting the intention of longevity. I'm setting the intention of, I mean, honestly, there's an intention of being a valid source because in my opinion, when you see someone who has a good physique, male or female, it shows that they are dedicated to making the sacrifices in order to live their best and healthiest life. So I think bringing that intention in has like accelerated like the size or, you know, it's, it's more unified. It's more, it's more aligned. So I feel like the goal is achieved faster Mm -hmm. when you're doing it from this aligned place. Exactly. And that's usually how it is for pretty much anything, like even excelling in your job, like wanting to get your promotion. It's like, if you work to, I, yeah, it's like, if you work to, to be better for yourself, you see how much easier things come to you. Like people are impressed by you. People want to help you out this and that, as opposed to I'm trying to compete with that person. Cause I want to be better than them. And then somehow the person who's trying to compete with that other person gets the downfall. And then the person that you're trying to compete with, they get the praise because they're not focused they're doing it for the right reasons you're focused on trying to beat them like why you know it's the for the wrong reasons and that all plays a part it comes back around and i do believe that that does affect you in the long run because then you're thinking from a totally different point like a point that you shouldn't be thinking from and especially for someone like me like when i was younger i feel like i used to be you know i was well like when i was very insecure and things like that and i feel like i used to either subconsciously or even consciously compete with people try to without them knowing because I wanted to be the best whatever and it never worked out the way that I wanted it to because I knew I was like I'm doing this for the wrong reasons like I can't try to compete this that like I'm making myself tired sick like I'm stressing out it's not good like it's just not fitting you know and then you kind of get away from all that shit as you age no for I I mean I think, I think some people get away with it. I get away some. from it. Some, yeah. yeah. It takes longer for others, uh-huh. but it's interesting because you're reminding me of whenever I was in probably middle school, high school, and I went through these same up and down flows in my mm-hmm. social life because there were times where I like, you know, I wanted to be liked, wanted to be, you know, admired. And I could tell right. that I was like trying to be funny. And it was interesting because when I would try to be funny, it wouldn't work out. It would fall on its face and I'd get to the cycle of not giving a fuck. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I don't care. It's not working out. Fuck it. And whenever I took that mentality, I started being mm-hmm. funny again and people thought it was cool. And it was like, it started exactly. going up. And then I would try to be funny again to prove and get validation. And then it would fall back off. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was my first taste of, you know, just doing things because you want to do them as opposed to the outcome of what's going to happen. Exactly. And what you just said, like, I, I have similar experiences to that as well. It's literally like you, when you notice that you're trying too hard, like you can feel it. You're like, I'm doing too much. That's when you should take a step back and be like, recollect. And even today, like sometimes 
like not as of recent but a few months ago there would be things i'm like am i doing too much if i am dial it back and then it always works it always works just doing what feels good for you instead of what then you know what everyone else wants to or what you think everyone else wants to see from you you know that's an important distinction as well what you think everybody else wants as opposed to just what you want because yeah it's more aligned place is that something that you would talk with your guides about or to consult is you know am i overdoing it in certain areas and am i like kind of balanced because in my mind i don't like sometimes i just you can feel it i guess but there's sometimes where it's like okay, I understand that something's missing from this piece of the puzzle, but I don't know where my energy is being shifted. So are right. those common questions you would ask your your team or a channel from other places? Oh, absolutely. I ask about as much as I can that I I actually genuinely feel like I don't know the answer to. Because mm. with, with channeling spirit, it's a little tricky. Like People think that you can just talk to God and be like, so what's this, that, this, that, and then you'll get the answer. It's not like that. Like a lot of the times spirit will specifically not tell you something that you want to know really badly because number one, you're asking out of desperation. You're asking because you think you don't know the answer, but you do. Or number three, you just have to wait to see what happens. And a lot of times, like when I ask spirit for things, I'll usually get the answer because now I don't ask from an egotistical perspective. When I first started out, oh my God, I used to try to abuse it. And I it, I never could, I never could. Like, I'd be like, what will happen tomorrow? What's this, that, this, that? Like, they'll just be like, time will tell, relax. Like, you'll see yourself, you know, don't, don't stress out. And then as time went on, I realized I was like, they're never going to answer shit that I already know the answer to. They're never going to answer my egotistical questions. They're just going to answer the questions that I genuinely feel like would help me as a soul. And that's, mm-hmm. That's how it goes on from there. But yes, I do ask questions like that. Definitely. Yeah, it's super, it's super interesting because I've noticed myself where you can like there's times I've asked, what's the question I'm thinking of? Oh, who? Because a part of my invocation usually is mm-hmm. uh, that I'm calling on light beings from the astral, galactic and a couple other realms, Earth mm-hmm. realm. And so I'll like call on that body of light individuals and it's funny because I remember uh, asking like, who am I talking to? And they're like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, that's, I felt the <laughs> ego kick in. I'm like, what do you mean? It doesn't matter. Like, what yeah. the, what do you mean? I want to know who I'm talking to. And they're like, yeah. and then they said, you already know. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? I already know. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, it's interesting because sometimes they'll give you these like roundabout answers. And then other times it depends on your question. They'll be like, go do this or go look this up. And it's, yeah. it's very interesting when those types of things come through. That is so crazy to even say that because that is exactly how they talk. Like, really? you, yes, like they, they don't play with you. Like, you already know, like, don't play dumb. And yeah. they don't, It that's like, um, I guess like that's the great thing about it all is that it's very non-bullshit. Like you, you can never channel like, for example, spirit or your uh, spirit guides or whatever, guardian angels and ever feel like, oh, they might lie to me. I'm, I don't know if I'm being bullshitted. I don't know if it's the truth. Like, I promise you, if they're telling you, it's the truth. Like, it's what you need to hear. It's whatever. But it's literally solidified to be something that will help you out in some way, you know? Even if your ego doesn't want to hear it, your soul is prepared to hear it. So you got it, you know? Yeah, and another thing that I'm thinking of, I'd love to hear how you've kind of dealt with this in your channeling experience, Mm -hmm. is there are, do I want to say there are times, there are situations where I'll get into, like, I'll have all these questions lined up. And I'll ask them 
and they basically tell me shit that I already knew. And it kind of gets to this point where I'm, I get this feeling of, okay, am I making up these answers because I already know the question or, or am I making up these responses because it's already validating what I already believed or are these legitimate things coming through? And where it gets interesting is sometimes they'll actually say something that I wasn't ready for. And that's whenever I'm like, Oh shit, like that makes sense. Like that was a real thing. But then there's other times where it's that like, okay, I already knew that would answer, but are they just like edging me on or is it, or am I just making up this response? So I guess I'm, I'm just curious if you've ever kind of had that feeling or experienced that before in your channeling. Oh, absolutely. I used to deal with that all the time. Like I used to overthink a lot of um the answer, like the, and the questions I already knew the answer to, and I would still ask. And I would literally feel myself forcing myself to say an answer that, oh, God told, and, uh, you know, I would tell my boyfriend, cause like I said, he's a psychic medium as well. And there'd be times where I'd be like, I heard uh, my angel say this. And he's like, that was your ego. And I'm like, you're right. It was like in the moment I get put on the spot. I'm like, you're fucking right. It was like, I could feel that I was literally like making something up for myself because it was most convenient for me. Like I wanted to hear it or something like that. Because sometimes like the answers that you get that you're supposed to get are totally different than what you want to hear. So it might hurt your feelings a little bit, but it is something that will lead you down a better road, you know? So even if it's like egotistical, you will find out the truth because, oh, actually do I have a, a short little story about this and Please share. Oh, okay. So basically a few years ago, I used to work at a, a vet and I remember at the time I was ready to leave. Like I, like a, mentally I was like I'm done I don't want to work here anymore all this stuff so I was like really really edging on or egging on to leave and it was like a goal so I remember I was like I'm leaving I'm leaving and then I asked like spirit I was like can I leave this or in I think it was July and I was like when will I be able to leave and for me I wanted to hear August I was like August I want to leave this month right so I swore I heard August I like asked like 10 times that's how I knew one that I was tripping it's because you you never have to ask more than even once honestly like you'll get your answer but I was asking so much and I remember I was like it, I didn't hear anything for like the first four times and then after that I was like go ahead but. I'm surprised they gave you a date because see that's a weird thing too is sometimes because mm -hmm. I was expecting and I'll let you get back to the story no no problem don't respond to this if it gets answered in the story mm -hmm. but usually it's either like it's all it's either the response I would usually get in that situation is like, well, whenever you decide that you want this, this or this, then that's time for you to move on. Right. Or there is sometimes, though, where they do give you like that. OK, August is whenever like this is going to happen. You know, so it's it's interesting how I feel like majority of the time they're like whenever all this other shit gets figured out or very rarely do they give you a specific time frame. So I, I found that interesting. So but please yeah. continue. I got you. No, that's actually even better point because I'll, I'll add on to that. I have something to say now, but I'll, I will say like I heard August. Right. So I was like, OK, um, I'm excited. Like I was very happy and I was like, oh, and I told my boyfriend, I was like, I heard August and he was like, OK, we'll see what happens. And I remember <laughs> in August I was I planned a date like I was like August. OK, I'll make the date this that. So the day came and I remember I was. I knew I wasn't, I was not ready. I physically was shaking. I remember thinking like, even financially, I wasn't like ready to leave. And I was thinking, I was like, but I heard August, if it's August, then I should be good to leave. 
But that day, I remember I felt in my heart and my soul, I was, it was like, don't do it. It's not time. And after that, I remember I was very upset because I went home and I was like, I, I swore I heard August. Like, what is this? And he was like, that was your ego. And I knew I was like, it was my ego because today when I was going to go to quit, like to put in my two weeks, I just felt it. I was like, I can't leave. And then after that, I ended up actually leaving in November, but it was without them telling me. I just knew I quit when I felt ready to. But what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, if you decide it, then it's ready. You're right. At the time, though, it was like, okay, the way I see everything is like, it's entirely up to your belief. So if you believe that when I say it's time to go, it's time to go, then you're right. It's time to go when you decide that. But at the time, I was more so riding on the faith wave. wave. So I was saying to myself, Oh, if God says it's time and, you know, the universe tells me I will leave because that's what's best for me because the universe said it instead of now I more so have it. I kind of have a more like I will take it into my own hands kind of perspective. So now mm. I'll say if I want to leave in August, I'm going to leave and the universe will figure out a way to take care of me, you know, so it would have went different for me now if I had this mindset. <laughs> but at the time I was writing off the faith wave. So because it didn't work out in my favor, I was like, oh, it must have been for a reason. And I think it was for sure. But, you know, it definitely all played in together. Like, it's all about your perspective and belief with it. Well, and that's something that's coming to mind is like, even whenever I've worked with people, I always tell them that it's 100% your responsibility mm -hmm. to discern anything that I say. And I believe it's for exactly the reason I say that is exactly what you experienced where you like, even let's say I was reading for you and I even said August and mm -hmm. you're like, okay, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you get up to August and you have this feeling of like, no, I shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. The whole point, and, and I've seen this only a couple of times. I've never seen it with myself, but I've seen it a mm -hmm. few times where they tell you something that's either wrong or doesn't vibe with you mm -hmm. to get you to trust your intuition more as opposed to relying on them for stuff. That's a very good, um, it, it's like a strengthening kind of tactic, low-key, definitely. Right. Yeah, it's like intuitively based kind of thing. And like you said, I think that, you know, obviously the reason I wasn't corrected because spirit, if spirit knew I was actually going to quit that day, they would have been like, don't do it. <laughs> like, just kidding, not August kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but because like I thought it was August and I intuitively that day listened to myself and said, no, I can't do it. I That's what saved me. It was like me listening to my intuition. So yeah, definitely. I can see that perspective. And what's also interesting and coming up through the stories you're telling mm -hmm. is ego. Like we've, we've touched on ego quite a few times. Right. So when have you, or when or how did you kind of figure out the voice of ego versus the voice of spirit slash God. Okay. So for example, for you, like, let's say that you're channeling. If you are listening to your ego and you know that your ego is coming through, you're going to hear your own voice. You're not going to hear a spirit. You're not going to hear, you might hear a forced version of what you think the spirit would sound like, but you will feel literally physically feel how forced and not authentic it feels because once you get an actual answer from spirit or from your guardian angels or whatever, you won't question it anymore. You're not going to say, oh, I heard yes, but like, is it really yes? So you're just going to say, I heard yes. And you're just going to know it was yes. But it, again, if it was you where you're like, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you're like, uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like, I don't know. I still feel uncertain. I heard myself. Like, I don't think that that's how it works. Like, you know, it's just very like, it's super energetically different that's what it is the energy is totally different 
So then, so this is also an interesting thing here, um, because it sounded like at the beginning of your story that you were talking about how you saw things. You mm-hmm. even said it a couple times that you saw angels. So that to me is clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. But then as we're kind of getting into this, we're more talking about clairaudience with hearing voices, right? So right. where's the question that I was going with this? Well, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. We'll come no, back you're to good. that. Yeah. We'll come back to that. So where where I'm interested though in this is that mm-hmm. you know, clairaudience is my dominant uh clairability. I've got a couple more that have come in, which is cool. I actually just discovered clairsalience, which like kind of freaked me out the first time that happened to me, but mm-hmm. we'll cross that bridge when we get there. The point I bring up clairaudience though is that sometimes it's sound anytime I've talked to let's say trees, plants, uh different spirits, energies, it's always kind of sounded like me, mm-hmm. but it's had like a different tone or pitch or sort of inflection mm-hmm. or maybe even a different what's the word i'm looking for here slang not slang accent like right. a different accent have you noticed that same thing when you're talking to these things or channeling and you can hear that your ego is almost more this like pointed version of your voice or when you have clear audience are you hearing like a completely different voice other than your own well yeah okay so when it comes to like my ego for example when i hear it I'm able to hear how I it's almost like I mentally like force it to sound a little different. So all that I think it's authentic. But again, it still Mm. feels forced. So I'm like, not real. And, and, you know, now, like to a point, because before when I wouldn't get answers, because like I said, sometimes spirits will just stay quiet and won't say anything. I I now know like, okay, I hear quiet. I know that, you know, I'm not meant to hear an answer, whatever. But if like in the past, I would hear silence. That's when I would literally invoke like some voice to say oh no blah, blah blah and I'm like oh but I heard it but I heard it still doesn't mean anything you know it's still it still was me so yeah definitely there is like a voice change in um like frequencies and things like that like I will say after figuring out that my ego was like kind of like the main stop that was keeping me from really channeling um I never actually heard like even different vo- versions of my own voice after that I only strictly heard the specific spirit's voice and whatever spirit it is and whatever voice I hear, I just trust that, you know, like that it, it aligns with the message or what that specific spirit is trying to tell me pretty much. Okay. So then, so then there are times, sorry, I kind of blanked out a little no, bit. No, it's there. okay. It's okay. But so then in that, in that situation, you basically hear a different voice that doesn't sound anything like yours at all. Yeah, like I'll never, um, especially now, like I said, without the ego, I'll never find myself hearing a voice like mine ever because okay. that's me, you know, like that's me. Like you're never going to hear your own voice unless you're talking to yourself. That's different. But if you're channeling, it's like unless you channel your higher self, but at the same time, that's also you. Like it's not like any, it's just your intuition. Your higher self is just your intuition. It's not like you have to, it's a separate being that you have to channel. Like it's literally just your own voice oh, for sure yeah definitely for sure. so then where um i'm curious then on your journey like how did you like come into your clear abilities right so it sounds like clairvoyance was the first one you had when you saw something mm-hmm. so then how did like how did that map out like you first had clairvoyance then then like what happened next okay so the first clairaudient actual experience i had was when i, I just turned 10 years old and i remember i had 
no I, I i don't know if you remember but at the beginning of the podcast i remember that i said that i had experiences that i was like what the fuck is going on kind of like i had no idea and then i figured it out at the time when i was um around t- i turned 10 i started to hear in my mind three different voices and i remember to be completely honest i thought i was insane like i literally thought i was like mentally ill for real and i thought that something was like trying to tell me because it was really horrible like the voices i was hearing they were very um very very negative and they were very mean and i remember thinking i was like am i just like going crazy am i like something but i swore and i still never figured out no i did figure it out but at the time i could not figure out what was going on what was happening, why I was hearing the voices. I seriously just thought I was going on a spiral. But later on, like as I began to consciously use clear audience, because at the time it was kind of like it just happened to me. I wasn't trying. And then when I turned more like around 18, 17 years old, that's when I really started to contact spirits. And then that's when I realized I was like, I wasn't crazy. I was literally (laughs) having a freaking horrible experience with spirits that were trying to, you know, get me down. But that is like how I kind of stemmed out from there. But it was like crazy, even now thinking back to the fact that I was so young and I was able to just naturally hear those spirits. It just, you know, it was almost like I was just destined to be like a freaking, I guess, sidekick or something like that because I didn't even try. It just happened. But I I guess it's crazy to me that you were able to actually, you know, let's say function, for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. able to function with those kinds of uh kinds of things because i always um where there's a book i think this was another dolores cannon book but she was talking about how crazy people like people that we determine as crazy hearing voices schizos it's usually that they're just almost too connected to the other side they've almost like and this is what happens when people do too many drugs is that they Mm -hmm. their consciousness gets almost trapped in the other dimension and it becomes almost impossible for them to have a physical experience because we then, we, people who don't have this spiritual foresight, they're like, okay, these people are crazy. They're talking to nobody. They're insane. When in reality, they could be having a very valid conversation in a different realm if we were viewing this from a different perspective. Right. And you're completely right. To be honest with you, I have been saying for the longest time that I don't feel that anyone that's been deemed like mentally ill because they hear things that it's actually mental illness. Like, and maybe that's controversial, but I I ride by that because I genuinely believe that a lot of these people are just like you said in touch with the other side, and they don't even know it. They don't know how to control it, and that's something that overtakes. It's kind of like when for example, like serial actual killers, like people who maybe murdered once that they heard a voice tell them to exactly what to do. And they knew how to do it. This, that I believe that those, that was a spirit, like a very bad spirit that took hold. Because even for me, when I was 10, the things that I was hearing was not normal. Like it wasn't like my own thought. It was like, literally they were beating me down every day, trying to like take a hold on me. And as in terms of my happiness, I remember I was like, I was becoming more anxious, more depressed. And I didn't even know what was happening, but I thought it was me, like I said, but it came to find I came to find out that it wasn't me, you know? So <laughs> it definitely does all play a role, I think, especially in like the way that is perceived in their minds and you know what they hear. It's not it's not entirely them, I don't feel at all. Well, that's what's interesting, right? And I, I've been trying to figure this out based on people who I've talked to. Mm-hmm. It appears to me that 
based on what I've found, people come into this world with we we have a decision to make with how much connection we want on the other side of things mm-hmm. like how how let's say powerful do we want to be connected to the opposite side or mm-hmm. the spirit side the whatever different realms whatever you want to call it right and and it seems like you know in certain situations like what you're saying is that mm-hmm. These people who are told to do a certain thing. I mean, people who are like, I heard this song and in this song, it told me to murder somebody. Yeah. I I find it so fascinating because it's like, you know, coming back to your story and your story kind of adds to this, you know, you came into this life having these abilities and then it's almost on your behalf to figure out, you know, why, why they're occurring. And it's interesting. And I just, I find it so fascinating because you were able to figure out what was happening to you, where these voices are coming from, what they were, mm-hmm. as opposed to actually taking action on them as, mm-hmm. you know, you just pointed out many people do in their life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I do think um, it's important to kind of like try to understand, I guess, to an extent, like what is going on um, because even like at the time I do remember I did tell my mom I was like I'm hearing something and I I think like I'm just being mean to myself like I was like I don't know I hear something and she was like what is it and I was like I don't know I just hear like I didn't want to tell her exactly what because I didn't want to worry her but I was like I I hear it and she was like well you know she she did what she could with she's not she wasn't spiritual at the time she had no idea what I was talking about so she was like it's it's gonna be okay like you'll feel better and I remember it was like low-key getting worse but I wasn't telling her because I was like I didn't want to freak her out Mm. but I was trying to figure out what was going on and then it's kind of like I guess over time if you I guess because I had the intention of figuring it out one day I did end up figuring it out and like keeping it um making it something that I would figure out the answer to because it always followed me but as time went on you know of course with everybody else like you have to see the experiences that you're going through and you have to like at least try to understand or like keep it in your mind the intention that you will figure it out one day you know what I mean and I do believe that no matter how much time has passed if you want to know something you will know it like you will figure it out someone will tell you maybe in 10 years you figure out what the answer is but at least you figured it out and then you figure you know you find out what is wrong or what's right or what happened I deserve I think that everyone deserves that kind of like peace over their lives you know to figure out exactly what's going on I guess I would add to it that even if you don't figure it out during life, you figure it out after, Mm -hmm. after, and you're like, oh shit, that's why that happened to Mm -hmm. push me down this, down this path. No, it's a, it's a really, it's really fascinating. I want to, I want to pivot back to the, the aliens. Cause Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a fascinating thing for me to talk about Uh, you, how, and here's always an interesting place. I think to start is like, how do you define what an alien is? Because, Mm -hmm. I argue that you could argue that we're aliens at some <laughs> level. I mean, we're we're spiritual beings that incarnated on this earth. We're not from this earth. So hypothetically speaking, you could argue that humans are aliens. And I, I understand where people differ and all that. But but I don't without me giving too much about my answer, what mm-hmm. do you determine to be an alien? OK, so just like you said, we could be aliens. This could be aliens that I think it's anything that is deemed like 
weird or different, but not even just that. Like, it's not as basic as that. It's just the simple fact that another species out there that is not like us. And, you know, it's just the simple fact that they, you know, people would see that these beings are not like us. They look different. They act different. You're an alien because I'm pretty sure the word alien literally means like different. You know, you're not like us. Like, it's not the same thing. So it's like, um, I think it's like anything that you would deem to be totally different to you. Like even animals could be considered aliens to us, but we don't call them aliens because we've been living with them since day one. But as for everything else, I, I genuinely believe an alien is just whatever being that is not like you does not look like you is very different, but still has something very, I guess, a very important purpose. Cause I think even with aliens, like it doesn't matter because they are people in their own, wherever they are, they are people to each other. Um, that they have a very important purpose, whether it be on this earth or on their earth, whatever it is. That's what I do believe an alien is, though. It's kind of like that, you know, belief in, okay, that thing is different from me, but it has its own purpose, whatever. Just like we're aliens to them. It's all, it's literally everything, like all that stuff. <laughs> it all coincides together. But yeah, pretty much. Where, where do you stand on the idea? Let's, let's just phrase it this way. Do you believe uh-huh. that aliens or a let's say a conscious being who has sentient life let's say Mm -hmm. biological sentient life maybe alien uh has ever been on earth or is still on earth where do you stand on that conversation i do believe for i do believe that uh aliens have been here before but not in the way that we think like the one thing i will say is that nothing is really ever what you expect it to be at, at least in terms of um like the society, uh, what is it called? Expectation. Like, you know, society expects an alien to come down on a UFO, smoke comes out, a whole group comes out and is like, like, it's not going to be like that. You know, it's, it's never going to be like that. I feel like if there were to be aliens on this earth or if there ever were, and I do feel like there has to have been, or at least something that, um, it would just be as simple as, it being kind of like in a hidden place because I feel like as an alien they wouldn't want to be like in a town or they would know better to be away from like anything that they feel would be harmful to them and that they would just venture out what they could around where they are and that they I feel like if anything like if an alien did come here and did stay they probably would have went back to where they came from because it's too um what's it called it's too different than from what they're used to kind of like if we were to go to to mars or whatever like we don't stay we go and we're like all right cool bye the exact same energy so it's kind of i guess you could say like how we literally go to space and we go to the moon we do that to to see what's up i'm pretty sure if they were to come here it's to see what's up they're like let's go to earth let's see what's up and then they see and then they're like all right bye and then they go you know so i do believe that though what about you do you think that aliens have been here before i I don't know. I mean, I I think that there's a lot of evidence in ancient texts and ancient mm-hmm. culture that suggests that extraterrestrial beings have influenced our society mm-hmm. as recent as 10,000 years ago. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but mm-hmm. it seems to me that there were um, beings that maybe aren't of whether it was an entity an energetic entity of some sort i mean it seems like there's been something that has helped propel us to where we are today i mean from you know i i mean somewhere between like fifteen thousand and ten thousand years ago 
it, it seems like there's evidence that exists that they would have they would have been here, you know, helping humans see different things, energize, mm-hmm. re-energize the body in a certain way to increase our life expectancy, our life uh, duration, and I, I, I mean, based on my understanding, I feel like that's for sure. It, it seems like that there's a lot of evidence that people have had encounters with aliens, whether mm-hmm. they've been abducted. I mean, I know there's fake stories out there that not everybody has. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, the lights in the sky, I mean, they for sure have been overhead, right? I, I think we can all agree based on, you know, the lights that we've seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there's a really interesting, you should check this out. I don't know. Have you ever heard of Valiant Thor? I have, but I don't know much about it. Oh, let me pull him up because me. I don't want to, um, I don't want to completely mess it up, but essentially Valiant Thor was an alien self-proclaimed alien who had mm-hmm. uh six fingers on each hand he had six fit toes on each foot which isn't that crazy that happens yeah he only, but then he only had one lung um and he actually was said he was from uh venus and he said that he okay here we go uh also known as val valiant thor is a delegate of the high council who had vip access or status to the pentagon from 1957 to 1960 to discuss concerns of the cold war that were leading up to the Cuban missile crisis. Um, and there's a book about it, which is called stranger at the Pentagon. And this dude, and here's the crazy thing is this Valiant Thor guy actually had access to president Eisenhower, uh, which is crazy to me, right? Like, like even the idea of, even if, you know, you could say this guy was crazy, what, mm-hmm. whatever, but for him to get to the point of actually having access to the president, to me means that it's a pretty, uh, you know, there mu- there has to be something here. Right. For sure. Um, and so here's the dialogue in the, in the book, it says Eisenhower, Eisenhower asked him, please, sir, what is your name and where do you come from? Uh, Valiant Thor said, I come from the planet. Your Bible calls the morning star and the evening star. President Eisenhower said, Venus Thor said, yes, sir. Eisenhower, can you prove this Thor? What do you constitute as proof? Eisenhower? I don't know. and then according to thor venusians live inside venus so Uh i I don't know what the chemical makeup is venus is um Mm -hmm. you know let's see here's physical characteristics uh the six fingers six toes internally his heart was larger and he only has one but much larger lung his blood vessels are larger and carry hemocyanine hemocyan which is based in which is based blood his brain capacity his brain capacity mm-hmm. is 300 centimeters uh cubed and is claimed to have an iq of over 1200 i don't know how you determine that although anything over 200 loses definite meaning that's interesting and he speaks what is this about he speaks 100 languages fluently oh shit look at so him. i yeah <laughs> just killing it <laughs> He landed in Alexandria, Virginia, which I'm pretty sure is pretty close to the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, a policeman witnessed the UFO landing in a field. So I don't know. And they even have pictures of them online. So like, I, you know, the question then becomes is like, how legitimate is that whole story to it? I mean, he talked to the fucking president. Like, like it has I, to be. Yeah. There has to be truth to that, you know? 100%. So, That's I mean, a- even... Yeah. 
sorry go ahead no 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 i was just gonna say that's amazing and like you said like there has to be a reason why he spoke i think that if something like that had to happen it was for some very uh secret like what is it called um like very secretive yes like top secret stuff that like we cannot know about because i I do feel like that is linked together in a way you know all right so here's okay this is clicking with me right now because they said in this uh, also by the way this is a para p-a-r-a dot wiki slash w slash valiant underscore thor um and this seems like a paranormal wikipedia and what they mentioned in here was that he arrived in 1957 to 1960 to discuss concerns of the Cold War leading up to the Cuban Missile Crisis. So here's here's a really interesting thing about, um, we can get into alien disclosure in a bit, but what a lot of high-ranking officials have actually talked about is that aliens will actually disarm nuclear warheads and nuclear weapons. And I find this so fascinating because if he would have came during the Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, the Cold War, where everybody was fear of like, you know, weapons of mass destruction going off, I find it very fascinating that he would have appeared in those times of potential catastrophic, you know, destruction of earth per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, so I find that really fascinating. I'm not sure if you've ever uh, looked into paranormal activity with relation to like nuclear weapons. In a way. Yes, I have before. And you can see that there's a huge, I feel like it plays a little bit more than uh, a little more into it than they would, you know, like, they would like for us to know or anything like that but i do believe that it all does um it kind of like pushes the it pushes it to be even further down like it it's almost like an advancement tool like used in a way but i, ha- I definitely have seen things like that as well there's a lot of stuff things an advancement tool like i think it's like an advanced tool to be able to use kind of like paranormal things like that you know things that i wouldn't say that it's I don't know if you think that it's kind of um, discouraged within our society, but I guess in a way it, it kind of is like to be away from that stuff, you know, like they, I feel like in general, it's kind of encouraged to just remain like, do your stuff. Don't worry about that, this, that, whatever. And then, you know, for them to use that as like a tool to advance further down, whatever goals that they have, I feel like that is something that, it's like almost like gatekeeping in a way like we got in y'all don't like don't know that we do but we do so i feel like that's it, it's saying, like very sneaky Go ahead. are you saying the government are you saying the government's gatekeeping? yeah in a way mm-hmm. it look i mean definitely and i feel like there's definitely like other things that play into it like i do believe that they probably have more contact with aliens than we know or like things like that because i know that there's a lot of stuff that isn't actually like told to the public or at least um shared with us which i you know the, even though there i feel like something should be but of course i also feel like it's understandable as to why it's not because as a collective n- not a lot of us are willing to hear that or will are open to hearing that kind of stuff you know what i mean oh, that, for sure. yeah definitely on this podcast though that's all we talk about so <laughs> yeah. more than happy to talk about yeah it. all the time so is that your big thing with disclosure you think that they're just they just don't want people to know I honestly think that it's my sister made a point actually one time and I I remember never like went away from me. She said that she noticed that every single time that something happens, like for example, the gas pricing going up like really, really much. I remember that when that happened, you know, people were getting mad. People were striking. They were not trying to do that. So 
once things like that happen where it's almost like both sides of because you know the u.s is kind of separated nothing is actually united the i feel like once it gets to that point where okay we're all going to strike and none of us are going to work and to lower gas prices the government kind of sees how we all come together and we are very very powerful when we're one and then that's when they kind of give us what we want to shut us up like the gas prices went back down and all this stuff whatever and even though I know more other factors play into it, but it's like it's all very controlled because it doesn't they don't want us to actually be unified, like never, never, never actually unified because us as people together, we have way more power than anybody knows. Like, holy shit, the amount of power that we have as a collective, if we all actually got along or even had a similar goal, we could achieve so much. But it, it would almost be like if that were to happen, we would definitely be overthrowing the government and you know that's not good for them so it doesn't happen or it's at least it's always controlled but i feel like it's like that all around the world it's just that in the u.s it's very it's more low-key in other countries it's very like it's obvious that it's happening but here it's like they don't want to give off the picture of corruption i guess you can say so it's kind of like hidden under but i feel like it's something you can feel and even see like you're logically you could just see it but yeah pretty much well, it's interesting because along this spiritual enlightenment journey of mine, mm-hmm. I've had these thoughts that if everybody was just just found their dharma or found their exact way in life or, or however you want to articulate it, they found their calling, let's say they, their path, mm-hmm. their universal path that we'd be able to get rid of so much shit, just like whether it's money or whether it's money was the big one. Like I felt like if everyone was doing exactly what their soul was calling them to do mm-hmm. we wouldn't need money essentially um exactly but where it gets interesting then is what you're talking about with this idea of unification so how do you do you see any way or maybe the next steps that we'd be even able to take in order to get us to that place of unification because the way that it even was just articulated there and the way i've seen it myself is something has to go so bad that we all agree that it's going the wrong direction in order for us to turn it around. So is there a way to get us to that place of unity when everything is going so well? Because I mean, even today I see it in America where we're everyone in America is better off than the one, like we're in the 1% by living in America. Actually, I'm not sure where you live. Do you live in America? I do. I do. <laughs> okay, I live in cool. Florida. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. We talked yeah. about that. No, you're Florida. good. You're good. Yeah, you're good. You're <laughs> um, so like, but just by living in America, by having a cell phone, we're in the top 1% of the world. Mm-hmm. And yet it seems to me from the traveling I've done, whenever I've visited Israel to America, the first world countries that I've visited, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that this is all of them. They seem to be the most unhappy. So it's almost this interesting catch-22 of if we have so much stuff, we just take it for granted and are not appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. But then if things get so wrong, we actually start to unify once it goes a horrible direction. Mm-hmm. And so this is a whole just long thing to get to the question of, you know, do you see steps that we could take in our everyday life that would help us align more with unity from a positive direction, as opposed to waiting for things to get so bad that we align out of, you know, fear and anger? That's a really good question, because I do feel like that literally is what people do. Like, it, it's almost like they'll wait for it to get to a really bad point, because it's almost 
like in terms of getting along it all has to do with the ego like i think that like preventing what prevents you from getting along it has to do with the ego because a lot of times you know i feel like everyone generally as a soul we all will just want to vibe with each other you no matter what you believe in no matter what this that we all just want to be friends but the thing is that at the end we all think like oh but that person thinks this and that person's like that and i don't like this and that it's all very like judgmental like even if it's closed-mindedly judgmental, because some people think like, oh, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just being honest. This is how it really is. No, mm-hmm. you are being judgmental to an extent, at least. And that plays a factor. And so I feel like to get along better, it would just be best if everyone literally put their differences aside. Or at least even the people with wrong opinions would, I guess, shift the way that they see things. Because I do believe that it's important that everyone does see everyone as an equal, that everyone deserves the same things, like whatever that we all kind of put our differences aside to kind of unify ourselves to be, you know, like friends. But I feel like people have too much pride. I honestly feel like there's just too much pride and like too much ego and anger. And they're like, but you said this to me one time or, but that person said this and I don't this and that. Like, it's kind of like, okay, but see past it or like not even see past it. Try to figure out a way that it can actually just be, you know, equal and it doesn't have to be that big of a deal that it you're saying that it is because no one should have to wait, like you said, for things to get so horrible that, okay, now let's get along for once, you know? I think we should just naturally be doing that. But yeah, I think that a lot of people just don't want to put their differences aside in a way. It's interesting. Do you think it's the... Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting because differences definitely have contributed to a lot of turmoil let's say in anything whether it's politics whether it's religion whether it's Mm -hmm. the way you run a household whether it's the way you spend money and so do you really do you think that there's a way a way to transcend that i mean i guess it comes back to pride and the ego right it would just become down to dropping the ego identification yes i do think that because and the reason i like genuinely believe that it all stems down to the ego is because when you die like i've been saying is just you are a soul you are literally a soul and when you are dead and you are a soul you're not going to be beefing with your enemy as a soul like you're not going to be like you fucked me over in the 3d like you're just going to be like okay i understand you had pains that's why you acted that way move on like goodbye you know it's kind of like you just you yeah. maybe you yeah remember, like, you remember that one life that we had together <laughs> literally like come on or you stole my candy <laughs> it's like that like, you've got on. like a hundred other lives to worry about dude that's exactly. what you're worried about yeah exactly no that's actually that's actually a really interesting way to put it into perspective too is like you know if uh, making under your operating under the assumption right that we are infinite beings we've Mm -hmm. had many different lifetimes and yet to get to this energetic place of how would you articulate this I mean, it, it's like the littlest things, right? Like, even if you forgot to pick up groceries or you forgot to pay one bill, we feel like it's this end of the world situation mm-hmm. and we harbor that up almost. And I think, I think we push that onto other people around us if we don't come to terms with why we're angry, because then we're just in the frequency of anger because we missed paying a bill. And it's like, if you zoom out, and this is what I'd even do with my podcast, which is so beautiful. If I get so caught up in, why am I not at a million downloads an episode already? It's like, dude, zoom out and look at the last year of you running this podcast, seeing the numbers go up. It's like, I feel like if we were able to somehow do that within our life as a whole of like, okay, cool. You missed one payment, but look at your life as a whole. And then not even just this life as a whole, 
But look at the fact that you have all these other lives. It's like you're going to get mad about this in this moment in time, this blink of moment in time that you probably won't even remember whenever you, you know, <laughs> return back to the other realm. Yeah, you're completely right. And I think that's really funny, too, because it, it really is about letting go of that pride, you know, just to say, like, who cares, you know, because there's there's a million things that we could be angry at every day. We could just hold grudges and be pissed and. But yeah, like you said, I don't even remember what happened with like, for example, I know me and my boyfriend, we've been reincarnated before. You think I remember what the fuck fights we fought about or before? Like, what? <laughs> I don't care. Like, no one cares. It's all about just getting past that point of thinking and only seeing things with your ego and just being like, nah, it's going to be fine. Things can work out. Things do work out. They always do. And no matter how shitty you think that things are, how it's going to be, it never really is that way unless you hyperfixate on it being a bad thing or it going wrong, then that's totally different. But if you are a good person, good soul, and you're not focusing on how things can go wrong, then fuck everything. Like, move on, you know? Live your best life. Like, make it as easy as possible for yourself. I mean, that's also a good key of, like, making it as easy as possible because I feel like there are times where people just overcomplicate shit. I've done it in my past overcomplicate shit to, I don't know. It's so, it's so interesting. I think this comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, whenever it was in terms of, in terms of, Oh, aligning with a certain frequency, Mm -hmm. because when you're in an alignment with a certain frequency of you know, having stress whenever I do a certain thing or feeling angry anytime I open my bank account or aligning with stress at the workplace, you know, mm-hmm. it becomes, I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> it happens. It happens sometimes. <laughs> you just got to step out of it, I guess is mm-hmm. the idea, but you don't really right. know where to step. Right. So is there is there some way that you have figured out how to and this was actually a big thing with me whenever I was kind of awakening, let's say, mm-hmm. is if you're always aligned with a certain frequency, you have no idea if the frequency you're changing, right? Because you got to make a change, which is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but knowing that that change is for your highest self, knowing that that change is better, even though it feels uncomfortable, is there a way to kind of come more in tune with understanding that that is for your better self, even though it feels weird and different? Yes, I will say that there were plenty of times that I thought I knew what was best for me. And, you know, honestly, I do think that if you have that mindset of like, I do know what's best for me and it doesn't feel off, then, you know, do it as long as you actually feel that way. But I do also think that there's a lot of uh, a lot of people who fight with that. Like they'll they'll purposely sit there and be like, but I want this and that. Like, for example, let's say a toxic ex. Like you swear that this person who's been abusing you for years is the love of your life and they will change and all this shit. And then, you know, your ego's fighting with you to say like, this is the love of my life, blah, blah, blah. And then your soul's like, baby, like leave, like leave it alone, this, that. And you know, there's a lot of anger that goes into that because people really fight it. I'm sure you've seen it. People really try to prove their points and it just doesn't work out that way sometimes because it wasn't meant to in that moment. And you know, at the, after that point, once you see, I think it's like when the end result comes, that's when they're like, okay, I get it now. Then now I see why, like, I get why this, that I shouldn't have fought for so long. And that's, I also think is when people 
it's not feel so much shame and regret, but in a way they're like almost hard on themselves because they're like, I should have seen it earlier. I should have listened. I should have listened. But you can't beat yourself up for not knowing at the time. The only thing you can do is just take what you're learning and continue on strong towards the direction that you're heading in. You know, it's very important that you don't think that way. Like, I don't I don't want anyone to think that way. <laughs> like, you know, being hard on themselves and, you, you, you know, just like mistakes are made and that's it. Like, but everyone at the end of the day is to, I genuinely believe that everyone's perfect. Like, even if it's not like conventional perfection, I do believe that we were born to be perfect in the way that like we're perfect for us. Like, it's not perfect for society. It's perfect for what you and I want for ourselves, you know, so what we deem that we wanted to learn in this life or, you know, exactly. what we want to do. Yeah, no, that's a, um, it's a good point. And what was I thinking of? Did I draw another blank? How did that happen? drawing another blank okay i'm sorry you <laughs> cut you cut out for a brief second i was oh, like no. oh shit no you're i'm good. just saying that i'm drawing a blank now i i had something no, lined up. i don't know if i'm dehydrated let me drink some <laughs> it might be for real <laughs> well maybe that's a good thing i mean have you experienced with like channeling like whether it's like a duration or time mm-hmm. like does it zap you of your energy as well does uh what do you mean like feeling blanked out kind of uh, like that. Out, but even just like energetically drained from channeling for a long duration of time yes i actually have before um i remember at the beginning not the beginning like the first two years of when i first started really like full-on channeling there would be moments where after i would help get rid of like a, a negative entity or something like that that was bad or dealing with that that i would literally feel so drained but i also knew that it was like my own manifestation you know i would sit there and be like i'm gonna feel so drained after this and then Mm -hmm. what do you do you come out feeling drained but now i i haven't felt drained from channeling or from even dealing with demonic entities in the longest time because i decide for myself i'm like i'm not gonna deal with that shit like i don't want it i don't want to be drained i'm energetically fine i'm gonna be fine and then i always turn out fine so i do believe that though like i have experienced that for sure so you feel like that's a part of just like your intentions with going into it that whether what the outcome is going to be yes 100 percent for everything i believe that where do you feel like uh this was interesting this was something um i was working with a girl who uh does akashic records readings and a long story but long story short uh we brought up the conversation of money and trying to uh arrange what was it I'm trying to figure out where like the blockage is in my life of like, mm-hmm. why am, am I not receiving as much money as I quote unquote desire? Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because it was along the lines of like, what I've been trying to manifest is like a hundred million dollars, you know, every day. Right. Right. Something crazy. And what she brought up was, you know, what she was receiving was that I needed to like reduce my ask in a sense that I'm overshooting that, that I am, aiming too high almost and i'm curious what your thoughts are on that because to me like something doesn't jive 100 percent about that like to me something is okay i should be able to shoot as high as i possibly can but another part of me is like well don't bite off more than you can chew aim you know just a bit above where you're at but you know continue that progression so mm-hmm. you know I, I guess my my quote-unquote block was aiming too high a piece of me doesn't want to really believe that. But then another piece of me is like, it makes sense. So where do you fall on that line of, let's say, asking too much of the universe? Okay. 
So <laughs> I'm going to say that I actually believe that there is nothing that you can ask too much of. I believe that if you want a million dollars a day, if you keep saying to yourself, I'll have a million dollars a day, I'll have a million and you're not fighting it. Like as long as you're not like, oh, but how am I going to do it? But but I'm not going to do that. How all that shit. If you keep on going strong with the fact that you will make a million dollars a day, I promise you somehow you will find some way to make a million dollars a day obviously not in a bad way, like something that's good for you and something that's healthy, whatever, like maybe an opportunity strikes, whatever. But I do believe that. And one of the main reasons that I believe that like we are truly limitless is because literally look around us, look at, look at all the people out here that are living their best lives, like genuinely living their best lives, the lives that some people wish to live, like maybe millionaires or uh, people with mansions and boats or whatever people like, whatever that, if they can do it, why can't you? Like, if they're making that much money a day, or even from whatever genre, their whatever field of work, construction, anything, if they can make that much money, or even progress that deep into what they're doing, I mean, with all intentions, that what they're doing is all good and not actually like low key, you know, negative or anything like that. Then why shouldn't you be able to do the same for yourself? Like, you know, obviously people tend to think, oh, but I wasn't raised to be rich. I wasn't meant to be rich. My family, this, you know, they think of all the limits. But in reality, it's like, why put so much energy towards all the ways it can go wrong instead of focusing on all the ways it can go right? So I think that in terms of that, like you said, that you, I don't think you were aiming too high at all. I honestly think that if you wanted that, or if you do want that, you can have that, but it's up to your own belief. Like anyone can tell you right here, right now, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. But if either way, whatever you believe, that's what's going to happen. So if you think that you're not meant for a million, you're right, because this is your, your life. But if you think that you are meant for a million, you're also right, because this is your life. It's literally like nothing is solidified, bro. Nothing. So it's very free. <laughs> What it's reminding me of is what we talked about earlier, whenever it came down to sometimes the 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 things, the spirits or whatever will mm -hmm. tell us what we don't want to hear to invigorate our, they'll sometimes tell us what we don't want to hear to have us believing in our intuition more, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yes. So that's really interesting from that point of view. So do you, I mean, do you feel like it needs to start in a ladder of okay, well, I want to be making X and then, you know, let's say a thousand a month. And then it's like, well, now that I'm starting to make a thousand a month, I'll make this much a month or 10,000 mm -hmm. a month. And then like, do you feel like that's a, and maybe this is what this is coming down to is convincing your logical, your subconscious mind that you are able to do these things. Right. For, for instance of, because, because here's, okay. So here's where it gets really interesting. Because even during this like uh, records reading thing, mm -hmm. she was trying to use the analogy that you're not going to wake up one day and have 100,000 followers on Instagram and where it got very comical for me. And I don't I don't know if I followed you on Instagram or anything yet. But the, the point is, is that in the last like two weeks, my Instagram has actually gone from like a thousand followers to I think the last time I checked, it was over 100,000. Mm -hmm. And so where it gets crazy is that I do believe in the idea of like quantum shifting, quantum jumping, you're able mm -hmm. to have these massive shifts in your life to get to those crazy things. And so that's where it gets very interesting. And it's crazy that I feel like I'm kind of like in this in-between state of, okay, do I lower my 
immediate expectation and focus on less at this time or but see even that doesn't resonate just saying that out loud do i focus on less like that's not see, even a not that even even feel right yeah <laughs> yeah literally yeah go ahead sorry were you done no that's, no yeah go for it if you got something oh, okay i was just gonna say that um like you said okay so First, because I genuinely believe that there are no limits. I do be- I do believe that the only way that you should be saying, I'll make a thousand this month and then I'll, I'll go on forward is if you as a person believe that that is what you should be thinking. Like, you know, some people believe in steps. They're like, okay, 10, then 100, whatever. That's your belief. If you think that that's going to lead you to a mill, do that. But there are people out here that genuinely believe. They're like, I can make a mill next month if i want to and then somehow Mm -hmm. if they like genuinely like say that and they're like yeah i'm not fighting it it's gonna happen whatever and it happens that's also their own belief you feel me it's entirely up to what you are comfortable that's what it is comfortable with because if it feels unnatural for you to say i'm gonna make a million next month and you're like i don't think i don't think so i i think we'll focus on 100 100 okay 100k whatever you get the 100k that's you you know, going down that comfort level, that's fine, whatever makes you feel comfortable. But the end goal here is that you will be making a million because you know that you can. Now about the quantum shifting thing. I do believe that you can switch dimensions, simply because this world is too big to be just it's too freaking big, just like God said in the book, (laughs) in conversations with God, the fact that that we would think that we're the only beings out here is very ignorant. And so alone thinking that this is the only dimension that we're living in is also ignorant because who's to say that there's not a million other ways or possibilities or dimensions that we can experience. So I believe that if we want to, because we alone as are using our minds, because our minds is the most powerful thing in this universe. If we use our mind to sit here and to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to change everything. And I'm just going to have, I'm going to wake up tomorrow with a hundred thousand followers, just like you. Then you wake up with that and then boom, it's right then and there. It's not to say that you're going to feel some huge shift into a different dimension. You're literally war- like morphing into something else. It's not like as dramatic as that. It's simply believing and knowing, not even believing, just having that immediate knowing that you will get what you want. You already have it and it's here. And because you chose for it to be here, it has no other choice but to be here. And then you wake up knowing that, that it's... Maybe, like I said, maybe not even knowing, but just being confident, being confident in the fact that it can happen for you. And then you wake up with that, you know, a hundred thousand boom, right then and there, you just broke all the fucking limits that you ever had. You think that you couldn't. Okay, well, I'm gonna show you why you can or how you can. And then you do it. It just happens. It literally just happens like that. This world is too big for us to be putting rules on it. Limitations. That's why I don't believe in limitations (laughs) pretty much. But yeah. No, I love it too, because I, I know, and it's really interesting too, if we bring it back to the Instagram and TikTok situation, because I know that even my mentality going into TikTok was like, it's super easy to grow and it was super easy to grow. It exploded really quickly. And then I realized that that was my mental, my mindset going into TikTok. And I was like, why don't I have that mindset with Instagram? Mm -hmm. So I just shifted that. Like you're saying, it's like, oh, it's easy. I'm just going to post whatever I like because I'm blowing up. It's like, everything's good. And then to actually see that happen is like, holy shit. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's very simple. It's, it's so, that's the weird thing is it's so simple, but it seems so foreign at the same time. That's what gets people. It's the whole belief that 
everything is hard to have like I always I usually always say this like on YouTube and things like that that the main reason as to why if anything that we don't have what we want it's because we were taught to believe that it's hard to have you have to work for it you have to pay people to to fall oh my god if you knew how many people in the last month are telling me oh you know on instagram in order to be successful you need to buy followers you have to buy this if you don't if you don't buy it don't expect to blow up you're not going to it's like do you hear how many limits like even hearing that i'm like okay sure sure like i just don't believe any of that shit because how how can you and in a world like this how can you put yourself all the way down to just like this little box to say, this is what you have to do. And if you don't do this, you're not going to get what you want. It is literally as simple as just knowing that your life is meant to work out for you because you want it to. And then it does. It is as simple as that. But like you said, we overcomplicate this shit because people think it has to be harder. But in actuality, it is destined, meant to be super simple. We just make it harder than it has to be for no fucking reason but you know so true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe we want a challenge i mean and that could be something to be said for incarnating in the first place is that we wanted a challenge we wanted something difficult and so that's what's mm-hmm. led us per se to actually making to wanting to do things that are difficult and making things more difficult than they have to be because it's that's something i'm guilty of for my entire life of making things more difficult than they have to be or even need to be um because it, it it's so true because that's something I, I kind of started evaluating pretty early in my, let's say, awakening process was wanting to choose the entrepreneur lifestyle or, you know, route. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, everything that everything that I'm hearing or being told is, oh, you got to work hard. You got to you got to work 80 hours a week to make it happen. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it's like mm-hmm. coming back to what you're saying. It's like it it feels like it's coming from a place of wounded masculine energy where you just need to keep doing things in order to get the results. But in reality, it's like so many things are just can just be literally handed to you. And and that's where it gets, I guess, interesting is that there are some things that feel like you need to actually and maybe this is just a limitation I'm, I'm believing but it feels like not everything can just be get handed to you. But but mm-hmm. maybe at the same time, it can be if you just switch your mindset around it. I I can definitely see why you would uh, think that as well. And also, I do. Yeah, I do believe that if if somebody wanted everything handed to them, they could. It's almost like um, let's take like a spoiled brat, for example, like some a girl who never had to work a day in her life and her parents take care of everything or whatever. Um, you know, for her, everyone looks at her and they're kind of envious. Like, yeah, maybe she doesn't have the the greatest manners or anything like that, but she is someone who knows that she will get everything that she wants. And she's like, I know that I'm always going to be taken care of financially. Um, I'm always going to have food. I'm always going to have this, that, you know, I never have to work a day in my life. And guess what? Yeah. Maybe she might be being called a spoiled brat by everyone and their mama, but she knows that she's living her best life because she literally has everything handed to her. And I really think that like, as far as like envy goes with that, like when people are like, Oh, look at her, this and that. I realize that every single time any person ever talks about another person's situation um, in terms of like their situation being better than their own, it's usually always because they feel like they can't do it themselves. Because, for example, someone like someone who's very happy within their life and they know that they can get everything that they want, they're not going to sit around looking at the people who have what they want and saying, wow, look at them. Look at them living their best. They're going to be like, period, look at you living your best life, just like me. We're doing the same shit. 
those people who feel separated from that, that's when they kind of like ugh, scoff and shit. But, you know, it's as simple for like spoiled brat <laughs> as it is for the person complaining to get what they want. It's just all about the shift and, you know, the mindset, like you said, literally same thing. Well, because then this is where it gets interesting for me, because I look at this in the in the sense of, you know, when we incarnated on Earth, mm-hmm. when we came here, we kind of had our own little blueprint or plan laid out for us. And it seems like there's things we're actually destined to do or experience. Um, whether it's me starting a podcast is like something I was just destined to do because it was something that I decided I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Where it gets interesting, though, is like this dynamic of completely switching your mindset, right? Right, because if and you know the beauty of the universe is where paradoxes usually exist is usually mm-hmm. where the truth is lies is this idea of if I had the power before incarnating to set up my life exactly how I wanted to set it up. But then at the end, when we're in it, right, we're discovering that you can actually create any reality you want. Like, I feel like there's like this catch 22 of some things I'm actually destined to do and experience that would be almost this, this cap or governor on, what I'm actually able to create in this universe or like actually experience in this reality and something about that. I guess it it doesn't even, even as I say that out loud, there seems something off about feeling as if there's a cap of what you can do or experience in this life. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure. How does that, how does that resonate with you? This idea of things that, you know, you, you come in with a thing or things that you want to do, but then versus actually being able to experience anything. That's a that's actually I'm glad you brought that up because for the longest time, like once I really figured out that we were limitless, I remember I had to I felt like because the way I am is like I want to figure everything out. So I remember when I figured out like everything's limitless, I was like, but what about everything I ever thought? Like, what about the blueprint? What about the soul contracts? All that stuff. So the way that I see that is that you were still brought to this earth for a reason. You were still destined to do certain things, right? But that all depends on you to carry it out by choice. So for example, because back then I used to think like, okay, soul contract, you follow the soul contract. You can't change. It just is what it is. But then I realized over time, I was like, but that's really not how it is. Because when you get the soul contract, you write, like it's all written. It's like predestined in a way, but it's also very open and free to be whatever it is that you want it to be. So for example, let's say that, okay, you're going to go to earth and you're going to make things right with your mother, for example, whatever. Um, The rest is up to you. Or yeah, let's say that it would also be, I guess, like pre-decided within your soul contract that you would one day wake up and decide I can do anything that I want. And then boom, the rest of your soul contract is yours or whatever. I also believe though that there are people out here that because they do not believe in uh, how uh, unlimited we are or how limitless we are, that they feel like we have to follow a certain thing. I'm sure you've seen like a lot of older people, for example, people who would be 80 years old today, they're very used to following a very planned out life. And that's because they would believe that for themselves. I believe that if they live their life that way, it was because they decided that for themselves. And so that's why 
certain things happen for their greatest good. Things happen for a reason for them. It's because they literally decided, I'm like, they're like, I'm going to let the universe take control of whatever happens next. And then, yeah, the universe will literally do that because you decided that. But if you're going to sit there and be like, I'm not going to let the universe decide this for me. I'm going to decide it for me. Let's see what happens. That's you literally changing your blueprint to say, okay, let's do, let's work with what this person's saying because this is your life. No, no one can limit you. Nobody, not even you, not even the being that you think is greatest of all, like even God, you are, everyone's a God. I believe that we are literally like all connected in that way that we have that white light inside of us, that we are completely free in our being to do whatever it is that we want and that there's no separation. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that we as a is, as people have made is believing that there is something out there that's bigger than us in reality it's not bigger you just choose to not see your worth to be equal to that being but in reality we're all the same but yeah yeah i'm on that same i'm on that same uh bridge or that same thing with you that idea that we are all god we have peace of god within us mm -hmm. do you feel like if right so my i guess my understanding of soul contracts is the purpose of them is for us to have these lessons we want to learn in life now if we transcend to this place of actually realizing we create everything we do and we are able to actually create everything we do we rewire our programming all that stuff mm -hmm. then does it mean that in the future we would need to come back and reincarnate so that we learn the lessons that we wanted to learn unless and here's where it gets weird is like, unless learning that <laughs> a part of my soul contract was learning that I am God and that I am supposed to uh, create my reality however I wish and desire, unless that was the soul contract, mm -hmm. then you're fulfilling it. And I mean, I'm curious how that resonates with you. I'm also realizing that I'm coming from a place of overanalyzing this as I'm saying it. So <laughs> take that into consideration. As no, well. of course. Okay. So basically, I'm sorry, do you mind re I heard what you said, but do you mind rephrasing like your question exactly to like what you want sure. me to explain? I just want to be sure that I'm answering it right. Do we need where do you feel? What mm -hmm. is your belief around if we are able to rewrite soul contracts in this life, mm -hmm. then does it mean in a future life we'll still need to um work on or manipulate those soul contracts in the future or like carry them out let's say that's a very good very good question i believe that okay let's say for example that in this lifetime you were destined to come to earth to fix things up like again with your mother and you decided to take matters into your own hands and you're like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna make my life perfect because i said so whatever and then you manifest that your relationship with your mother is perfect and then boom like everything is everything else is perfect too not even just that like all of the friendships, relationships, it all works out. You feel energetically, spiritually aligned within yourself. You're like, I'm good now. All this stuff. I would say that in that case, it's almost like there wouldn't even be a point to come back, would there? Because you would have literally had rewired yourself to be aligned. I feel good. I feel this. I feel that. And then you are. Then there would be no point to come back, right? So then for the other people that I feel like they just kind of let life flow as they do you know they're like everything happens if god says so this that that's like um it's kind of like a more like a more controlled life i guess you could say in that case i believe that those people would have to come back to deal out whatever else that they have to because they have the belief that there's limits i guess and i really do feel like it stems down to that like like i guess like a last lifetime kind of thing to be like 
okay, no, this is my last lifetime because I know that I have it. I have everything that I need prepared. I'm good. I'm spiritually aligned, like all that stuff where you just feel literally completely good. You are exactly where you're supposed to be. And that's where I think that it would have to not have to stop. It's your choice. But I think that it would kind of come to an end at that point because you literally have fixed all of your problems, all of the problems that your soul had, you fix them Mm. in one single lifetime, you know? So then with that being said, Mm -hmm. are there, by being human and having a human experience, do we put, like, are the energetic imprints that we place into, like, do we have a stronger power to push energetic imprints into our soul during a human incarnation? Like, like for, for example, what you're saying, right? If I'm mentally saying my life's perfect, um, I have everything I want. I'm doing it. This is my last life. By repeating those things as a human, it has to imprint on my soul in some way. Mm-hmm. So is it stronger? Like when we're humans, do we have stronger imprints that we're placing on our soul as opposed to when we're a soul and trying to imprint thoughts into us, into our being as a soul? Does that make sense? Like, you're are you basically saying that because like we've implemented it so strongly on ourselves that it kind of like rubs off on our soul and that plays into our human experience is that what you're saying exactly yeah so to like even back it up a little bit right Mm -hmm. like my understanding and belief structure is that you know we we come into this come into this earth space-time dimension in order to learn lessons to evolve ourselves in a soul level and the reason that we incarnate is because we it is harder to learn lessons or the lessons that we learn as humans are stronger than lessons that we learn as souls because as humans, we're actually implementing and practicing them. Right. So if in this lifetime in anyone's lifetime, right. they get to a place where there's, they fix hypothetically everything and everything that's occurring is perfect. Or they even just realize that in the nature of everything they do is perfection where was I going with this? That it's a stronger imprint than if you were a soul trying to have those same thoughts. I see what you're saying. That's a that's very interesting because as a soul, I guess like you would naturally just know that you are everything that you want to be. But as a human, it's harder for us to not harder. I'm not going to say harder because it's not harder. It's simply not allowing that ego part to that tries to argue with that and tell you, no, there are limits and you can't do that. And you're not like this and that, that as a human, you have to be the one to put your foot down and be like, no, I have to listen to what my soul is saying. Like, I know that this is the truth. And then that, I guess you could say is like a more powerful lesson for us as humans, because like you know as a soul you don't have that little part of you that's saying yes no yes no but as a human you have that little part and you're what you have to do is like pretty much eliminate that little voice that tells you that you can't do it or whatever and just flick it away and then you focus on the the main subject at hand which is the fact that you actually can get anything that you want out of this lifetime if you really want to so Mm -hmm. it really is all about um I think it's all about really reprogramming yourself to realize that no matter what you've been taught, 
especially as a child, as a young child, what you've been hearing all your life or even been um, showing on TV, because I'm sure, you know, like on TV, there's so many subliminal messages and there's like everything, you know, and that stuff. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but it all ties into that. And then it's basically like you have to sit there and break the whole freaking curse that you've been wrapped up into your entire life. And I think another important thing to say is that it's it's really it's really important that you keep up with that and that you're not fighting it all the time that, you know, because obviously I could sit here and be telling you all this stuff and then you can go on online and someone will be like, you have to work really hard. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I remember that you got to work really hard. Okay. And you know, you go right back to how you were thinking and then boom, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a cycle that you have to be on top of beating. And I always say this, that it's so important that you are the one who's literally always choosing for things to go your way because it's not it's not just about I decide right now and then it just does and it can but the thing is that you have to literally be conscious enough to consciously choose for that to happen each and every single day so that you can continue to get the best results out of your life because like I said you can sit here and preach all day about positivity and then tomorrow you forget like people forget you know, you got to choose to remind yourself that you got your shit, that I'm this, I'm that, I got it, I'm limitless, whatever. And if you don't do that, who's to say that you won't fall right back into that that little cycle of, you know, negativity and all the pessimistic shit that happens or whatever. It's literally a choice to make for yourself. Right. Yeah. So, so then do you feel like if, um, so going back to the situation where this, you know, girl was talking to the records, do you feel like well, maybe we can leave that situation alone. I'll talk to my my personal situations. Do you <laughs> feel like that there are times where your limitations, or your human instinctual limitations can limit the answers or mm-hmm. the messages that are being provided from spirit such that it can block you from seeing the whole truth of the answer that they're giving you? I do believe that ego is the it's like the subtle little tricky thing that kind of like keeps you from seeing the whole picture i do believe that whenever spirit gives you an answer it's never um it's never something that is intended to stress you out because i do believe that sometimes when you get your answers you're like oh my god but that wasn't what i wanted to hear and this and that but again people forget you're like wait i could just change it right now i don't it doesn't have to be that way and you know it's it's also really funny that we're even talking about this because i was recently talking to somebody about the fact that i i i realized how my life literally went it always went the way that i believed that it would so for example if i thought mm. okay god is going to take care of of me and he, you know whatever happens happens and it it literally would always be that way. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, maybe I would have to wait a little bit longer, but things would turn out okay. Whereas now I'm kind of like, okay, I know I got I got God inside of me. I'm good. I'm I'm gonna decide in this moment it's gonna go good. So instead of waiting two years to see it turn out well, I decide in 32 seconds that it's gonna be fine, you know? So um it's seeing the whole truth as far as that. It's really um it's all a matter of, again, like I'll always say it's a matter of perspective because I do believe that it is, but it's really about not allowing yourself to be so wounded up in fear to say like, okay, this is what it is. And I don't know if there's anything else really out there for me. Just open your mind, like literally just open your mind. It's not scary. It's not as bad as you think it is. Just do it. And it turns out so much better than people think that it would. 
it's crazy how often it, it it really does just by opening your mind to possibilities. One question we're gonna have to take this back to the beginning because one question that I have not yet asked you that mm-hmm. I enjoy asking people, and I think your answer might be interesting because of your connection to spirituality from a young kid. It, it sounds like your mom was close in your life, or was there any other parent or guardian who asked you what the first thing you wanted to be when you grew up? And do you remember what the first thing you wanted to be was? Okay. So let me think, because I'll explain a little bit more before I answer that about like how I was when I was younger, because when I was, when I was younger, I remember I was, uh, I was somebody who desperately wanted to be like everybody else. Like I was extremely afraid of my individuality. I was very afraid to choose for myself. I remember that since I was, I think five years old, I had a friend and he was, uh, he was like one of my like neighborhood friends. He went to school with me, all this stuff, but we had become such close friends that I remember that I began to literally wrap my identity, my identity around his life because I thought his life was so cool. Like he, he went to Disney every weekend. He, he was doing like, he was playing video games and I was like, damn, like that's so cool. Cause I didn't have that experience. So I remember I would like kind of wharf myself into being like how he was. And I remember that like the first thing that I ever, if someone ever asked me at the time what I wanted to be, it would, it would have always been something that I thought was impressive. I would have been like, but I would have actually thought I wanted to be that. That's the thing. I wasn't like I was lying. I was like, oh, I want to be this. And I would think like, do I really want to be that? Yeah, I think I do. It seems cool. And then I would just say it. So let me think. I think the first thing I remember actually saying, like consciously saying that I want to be was an artist and like a like a draw artist, like that kind of thing. And the reason was because my best friend at the time was an extremely talented artist and she would show me how to draw. And I was like, I want to be an artist for the rest of my life. And, you know, that didn't last. I don't want to be an artist anymore. But that was like the first thing I remember saying. I'm sure I said other things before that, but that was like my my first like little well, yeah you're creating in a different way <laughs> yeah hey, that's true art in a different way <laughs> right that's pretty cool though i mean it, it's interesting too because that's another thing that i know is paralleled in my life whenever i was a kid and you know there was a couple different friend groups i was a part of i remember kind of being almost chameleon about personality traits like if someone laughed a certain way or if somebody uh had some sort of accent that i thought was cool i would kind Mm -hmm. of like take it on and like almost apply it to my own facade and it became very interesting that uh, of something like oh shit like that's pretty cool like i should try doing that and it was like Mm -hmm. this weird like mix and match of other people um to like try on their quirks as my own which i don't know feels kind of weird to say it now that i'm like looking back on it Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) um but i found that pretty interesting uh from your story as well yeah it's like um it was a lot of rewiring i guess you could say because like i said i think i only actually became truly individual i'm trying to think how old i was i honestly it was like around the time that i really broke through my spiritual awakening was when i dropped all of the facades that i had and you know it's funny because um it's it never felt like I was like oh I, I'm faking it out I literally would like change myself to fit like the narrative of what I liked at 
at the time even though it wasn't what i truly liked you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. at the soul it was like i was riding off my ego like my whole life pretty much up until i decided i was like i can't do that like i'm done i'm tired i don't want to it's my life like things like that so it all ties in but now i can say that i am truly living like my most authentic life but it took me a while to get here but i'm glad that it did get here and i truly believe it too because i mean even looking at your tiktok videos there's something there's something about each one of them that just feels authentic about you and like who you are. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that comes into being a great storyteller. It actually might now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> but there is something like unique about whenever I was like watching all your TikToks, it was like, you were being you, you know? And that's such a, it's such an interesting thing to see because I've seen it with, you know, a couple people now that I'm bringing people on and whatnot, but it's honestly like, it's almost like the people who society would deem as successful are really they're just able to tune into who they are. And I mean, I got to at least applaud you on that too, because it's something you can definitely see in your videos that you embodying who you are and communicating the way that you are, as opposed to trying to put on somebody else's quirks, you know? Thank you. I appreciate that because I realized like over time that it was very important to remain individual because even now, like to be completely honest with you, I don't really watch like many I don't in general I don't really watch videos or other people's content not because I I, it's not interesting to me it's just that I don't it's just not something that peaks I guess yeah like peaks my interest totally but I will say that like even over time being in like the realm that I'm in like the genre that I'm in the niche that you know you see a lot of different people doing different things like I'm sure you've seen a lot of people do tarot Uh, videos that they're like whatever card comes out is for you and I remember like you know I I do do like tarot and I do do readings and things like that and I remember at one for a second I was like what if I did that too but I was like that's not authentic to me I wouldn't do that like that's not something that I would actually do um because I like to do personal readings I don't like to do like general Mm. ones so I felt like I was like I don't think so but you know I I feel like in the past I probably would have been like yeah I'll do it because I feel like why not but now I'm like I doesn't align with me completely. I don't think I should do that, you know? And it, it makes, yeah. to me, it makes it, it definitely makes a difference. Cause I don't know if, if you have had this experience yourself, but I'm sure you've seen that whenever you do something that doesn't align with you, it, it no, it's like we talked about earlier. It doesn't work out. It does not work out the way that you thought it would. And I realized sure. that it just, it, it, anytime that I actually did some shit that I wanted to do that I felt like would align with me, it always worked out fine. But it's crazy. And I, and I think that's truly where the, I think that's truly where like that explosion happens because the video of mine that went viral, both of them, honestly, I've had a couple of them at this point, but th- it's always usually from something that is me being my authentic self and to actually just do something that I believe needed to be in the world. Yeah. Where it gets, where it gets interesting that we might, it, it, I experience almost like the ironic opposite mm-hmm. where I will watch some creators, usually creators who I've had on the podcast. I'll like follow them on Instagram or TikTok. Where it gets interesting is I'll have an idea for a video. The most recent one I'm thinking of is uh, like uh, the idea of the moon being like fake and the fact that the moon isn't like naturally made unmade. You smile uh-huh. right there. So we can talk about that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the core concept of it is that I saw a, a kid that I had on the podcast made a video about the moon being hollow and being fake. Mm-hmm. And it almost like took the winds out of my sail to make that video because someone had made it. Now, there were things that I would have done differently and created differently, but 
it was weird to me. Like if I see somebody else create a video on something and then mm-hmm. I kind of like lose the, the gist or the drive to create it myself, because I feel like maybe I don't want to come across as copying. Huh? That's interesting. That's an interesting thing. I just realized there. Yeah. I feel like that's a know. subtle thing too. That's like yeah. something low key. Like it, it's almost like, um, it's not that you think that you're ripping anybody off, but you're kind of like, I just, I lost like, eh, it's taught now. Like, what's the point? I don't want to, like you said, like, I don't want to, um, keep fabricate, like, you know, oversaturating, I guess, like a certain genre, like talking about something. I think that I mean, even though it's, it wouldn't be considered total oversaturation, cause you know, it'd be one other video that you see or whatever. I feel like that also creates like a, what is it like the snowball effect is that what it's called it's kind of like it just keeps on going and going and going and that's how it expands and i also think right. that's kind of like what happened like the spiritual world too you know honestly speaking a lot of it's i'm not gonna say it's oversaturated because i do believe that genuine spirituality can never be but you know in terms of like you know i'm sure you know what i'm talking about there's a lot of people that come off as a certain way and they don't i you can tell that they don't actually feel aligned with that truth that they're or what they're trying to come out to say but it's because it's so it's so attention grabbing that some people feel like, oh, I should just make videos on this because you see everyone likes it. You know, it, it grabs people's attention. And that doesn't just go for spiritual shit. That goes for comedy on YouTube, video, streaming, all everything. It's literally so much of the same. And what makes it different, like what genuinely gets people's interest is if you remain authentic 110 percent because there could be. 80 millions of streamers out there but if you are the one streamer that genuinely believes in your craft and you're not doing it for clout and you're not doing it for attention or likes then you will become successful because you know you're doing exactly what you have to do so that's yeah you just i feel have like to. that that expands to every niche possible right and it's i mean it's so fascinating too because the way that I'm mentally looking at this now is in the terms of competition, because where people get stuck in a 3D reality is winners and losers. And whenever you project that onto a brand of something, right? Like if Apple were to shift their policy from making the best product that resonates with them to we need to outpace Microsoft or Samsung or something else, then it, their entire business model is just going to collapse because they're now creating a in a space of scarcity versus abundance, mm-hmm. but even more so they're not being authentic to who they are. They're now pinning themselves against somebody else. And this is, this is huge. Cause I kind of realized this whenever I would do a bunch of like podcast research of like, how are other people doing shit? And it's like, I would get caught in these ego traps of, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Why don't I have this many following already? Why don't I have mm-hmm. this? Why don't I have that? And it does a lot of things like number one, it communicates scarcity to the, Uh, universe but even more so you're now trying to imitate or find these little copy pieces of other people where in reality there can be very much a conversation made or a argument for the idea of not paying attention to them at all right yes 110 percent. i i believe that um like focusing kind of on what other people are doing i guess like comp competing like you're saying that that is something that's honestly a very it's i'm not even gonna say it's subtle because it's not subtle but it is something that does cause the downfall of a lot of things i'm gonna say that for example like a lot of social media apps copy other social media apps and 
it's not because it's best for their app. It's because they want to. It's com- competition. Like you said, if Apple were to compete with, you know, Samsung or whatever, that's where it becomes a little bit, you know, it goes starts going downhill because now they're not being authentic to, to themselves. But as far as, um, you know, for example, with like. No, it's a it's a very interesting parallel. And you bring up a great point about social medias seeming to like just they're trying to copy like the next biggest thing, right? Like Instagram was copying. I mean, YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, they're basically a TikTokification of their platform. Uh, I, I believe there's a lot of strengths still in YouTube. I think Instagram is almost losing their way a little bit, but regardless where it gets interesting is um, I forget the app, but I recently downloaded it. It's like the one that's actually taking off right now. It's called be real. And the idea is, is that they send you a notification and you have to take a picture of whatever you're doing at that time. And then you get to see everybody else who was doing something at this time so that it's like more be quote unquote real where it gets interesting is I just saw on TikTok that they're trying to promote a feature that does the exact same thing as be real. And it's like this crazy, it's really, it's really a fascinating thing to see. And honestly, this might be something to really pay attention to over the next couple of years is this idea of all of these different platforms, like trying to integrate like these different aspects of the platforms together. And I just, and something just popped up. All right, guys, sorry about that brief inner brief inner whatever the hell we're going to call it we're back that's <laughs> all that matters yeah um but we were talking about the i guess what would we call it the monopolization of social media where now we just have all of these different platforms that are basically doing the same thing but i don't know how you articulate this they're all doing the same thing but they're just under different names exactly um I believe that I guess like in terms of the social media thing, I think it's very important that social media platforms continue doing exactly what and this doesn't just go for social media, it goes for literally every single thing, person, whatever, that there's not that you're not stopping yourself from doing what you you want to do. Because even myself, I remember I was literally just talking before I even started doing like before we hopped onto here, I was just telling my boyfriend, I was like, you know, I was told before I started doing what I'm doing now, I was told that it was it wasn't going to work. I was told that it's not a real job, not not realistic. You have to do something else like whatever. And I remember at the time I was like, I'm going to do it. I remember like having the actual confidence and I was like, I'm going to do it. I don't care if it's not going to happen. If you think it's not, I know that it is. And then to get to this point, I'm kind of like, you feel me like you got to stay authentic to it because I could have easily just given up and been like, I'm going to go do what somebody else is doing, become a doctor, become this and that or whatever, because that's what's expected, number one, and number two, because that's what looks good. But I chose to stick to what I wanted to do because I knew that if I did anything else, I would not be happy, um, you know, not being authentic to me. And I think that's also like, you know, just even not even like, again, not even just social media, but like anybody who feels like they should change for somebody or for something else to impress whatever that that ends up harming you way more than it helps you and that's the whole picture you can't hurt yourself to become better you have to you have to stick to what you're doing and just know that that will take you the farthest way because i'm i'm sure that you yourself have seen um 
how people make careers out of the craziest thing. Like when I went to Zach Bagan's um, uh, haunted museum in Las Vegas, I remember being there. I'm like, I'm sure when he was a child (laughs) that no one thought like this man was going to be able to buy the 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 shirts of serial killers and have them set up in, in a museum and have people love it like you know what i mean like who who would have thought that 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 would actually be something that that could end up happening for him but he made it happen now who knows how many haunted museums people will start up you know it's just it's like a a, a cycle that really keeps on going on strong so then how do you think that because this is something i've thought about before as well right and i actually discussed this what podcast that i discussed this in 17 discussing in podcast 17 where the this idea of like creating a new thing you know for instance like podcasting like 20 years ago having a podcast meant nothing right like nobody was making money off podcasting 20 years ago so where does like almost this that inspiration come from is it from just like following your unique blueprint because at some level, right? Like I love having long in-depth conversations with people mm-hmm. and podcasting seems to be the way to do that. Right. Is it, but I feel like at some point I want to be able to like create like my own like vessel, my own vessel for producing this type of content because like even if you're creating reels at some level it feels like you're copying a a template of what other people do right and so i guess i'm curious if you like is it something that you believe might just unfold as your life goes on that you would you know be the first one to create a haunted museum but i guess even that feels like it's a template of museum so i don't know i don't know where i'm going with that that's interesting i see what you're saying i guess it's like taking something oh like for example um you know how people sell crochet like crochet uh, outfits like people make Mm -hmm. them like my age they'll make them and they'll sell them online and you know like you said 20 years ago people would have just been like okay because honestly you know back then it was deemed more of like an old lady thing to do like only old ladies do uh crochet and things like that but you know now they no one really no one really gives a fuck people are like you know what i want to make cute outfits with crochet then i'm gonna do it and so they do it they um they stick to their craft they're not gonna worry about what looks good in this and that whatever they just want to do it for themselves yeah they're they're going off of the whole knitting and crocheting thing but the whole purpose and the whole fact here is that they actually created something i guess different from what they already have it's almost like sampling music like you know when you sample music it is the same old beat but it's also um you remix that shit and you make it even maybe even better or you make it different whatever but you make something really cool and it it really does, I guess, make a difference. It inspires people, I think. Like, that makes that makes people want to do different things. It makes people want to venture out different shit. Like, even doing podcasts, for example. Back then, it was just radio talks, this and that. Okay, we took the radio talks and we made it into, like, interviews to podcasts to this, that, whatever it is. And, you know, it's, it's basically, like, yeah, a whole freaking cycle that you just have to, I guess, um, figure out what your thing is with that. And then create it from there and not worry about the limits that it could have no that's a that's a good point because even if you i like the example of music because even music is kind of that blend of like i know i mean you can go down this rabbit hole especially if you're into edm where it's usually like two different genres coming together that create another genre 
And that's almost something that you have, we've seen since, I mean, the time of classical music and even more so people have then, Oh, what's it called? Uh, electro swing. So they literally took, um, like EDM music and put it onto swing music and like just mm-hmm. made their own genre out of this. Like it, it gets kind of repetitious in my opinion, but it's super cool if you've never listened to it. Um, but it, it's interesting how they like take these like two things and mold it together to create something new. So that's right. interesting. Damn. And I just made the parallel. That's like basically what parents do to create kids. <laughs> <laughs> You did. That's insane. But you're very right. Like, that's pretty much all it is. It's just about I I really do. I, I know I said this a few times, but I really do believe it comes down to perspective. You know, you could see that stuff as amazing as, oh, my God, we're making something new from this. Or you could see it as oh the same old shit, blah, 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 blah. Or you're copying this, that. I mean, you know, everything. I'm not going to say everything's a copy of everything else because it's I don't feel like that's that is I feel like on the surface level, it might look like that. But deep down, the intention is always different than what the original person wanted to create from that specific thing. I'm writing down right now. I just had like an inspiration. I'm writing down. I am a trailblazer. Oh, yeah. I am creating new shit. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. I just need to get that affirmation written down right there do your shit bro everyone needs to pick that up because that makes so much sense i mean like if we want to create new shit right like if you don't even know what it is that you want to create because you can't create something that hasn't been created before and there's no name for it then i guess this is like the affirmation to do it like i am a trailblazer i'm creating new shit i am creating new genres like that's a good one too. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. It's the truth. Totally. Always. Like <laughs> I don't even think some people realize like just how much um how deep their mind goes. Cause the mind goes extremely deep. It's just up to you to do something about it. Cause you could sit here and dream all fucking day. But if you don't want to do something about it, you can't expect for shit to change. You gotta be the bigger man to stand up. <laughs> yeah to figure it out yeah i mean even i mean but even just like anything right you have to figure out but see that's the weird thing too right is like and this is what's really cool about what i think just happened there in this last 10 15 minutes Mm -hmm. is that it was like how do you create something that doesn't exist right like if you want to be this unique one of one person or thing or niche it's like how do you create this thing that doesn't even exist well rewire your brain to be the person that creates things that don't exist Right on the money. Exactly. I love That's it. That's completely right. Limitless mind. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to wrap too. it up. Let's wrap it up on that. Cause, okay, um, but. Yeah, because that was, I was sick. Um, <laughs> so, Electra, thank you so much for being here. I love giving the stage to uh, my guests. If there's anything you want to tell the audience, encourage them to do. I'm going to throw all your links down in the show notes. So, feel free to reference those as will. And I got you. the floor is yours. All right. Thank you for having me first off and also for the amazing conversation. And also it's 444 right now. So that's really crazy cool. where I'm at. I don't know if it's where you are, but yeah, it is too. that's that's cool. Okay. But besides that, for everybody else, I want y'all to know that there's literally nothing in oh, this and world that y'all and your can name. have. You always have Electra Soul 444. That's like your tag. Yes, it uh, is. And I also have shit. my, yeah, my phone oh, case shit. right next to me has 444 on it. It's crazy. Oh, but shit. I know, right? It's so aligned. But as for everything else, just the simple fact and knowing that you are literally lim- limitless to do anything that you want to do and that nothing in this world has to hold you back unless you allow it to. So 
please be free enough to understand that you can take it all in if you want to. If you want things to go your way, it can all go your way. Don't allow for the negative energies to affect you to the point where you feel like, you know, you're limited because you're not. And also that there's a lot more than to what meets the eye. <laughs> like never think that what you see in front of you is all that there is. Pretty much. That's all I got to say. I love it. Thank you so much, Electra. Incredible conversation. I of mean, course. I love what you're doing, keeping you, keeping unique. Um, and I don't have anything else to share. So Conscious Monkeys, I will see you guys in the sixth dimension. Bye.